This week on the Steam Machine Podcast, God damn it, Sephiroth, stop doing shit. Cue the music! Another episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton, and joining me as always are my good buddies, the Brothers of Destruction themselves, the Destructo Bros. Trademark, hey. not Ooh, trademark. Careful buddy. there, buddy. What's <laughs> up, everyone? It's Nate. <laughs> hey, this is Willie, and I am not a co-host this episode. I'm demoting myself because I didn't play the game anymore. <laughs> so uh, I was not going to be on this episode, but we had a conflict of scheduling with the scheduled guest host. So I'm coming back, but as a uh, Junior Sandwich Artist is nice. my title this episode. So I will not be discussing Final Fantasy in any meaningful capacity whatsoever. I'm just here to bullshit with the boys. <laughs> Works for me, man. What uh, what have you boys been up to this week? Let's uh, let's start with, with you, Nate. What you been up to, bro, brother? Man, it's been kind of a not-too-interesting couple of weeks, but I did um, just start on Batman Arkham Asylum. And, dude, what? I can see the hype now, because like, that's one I never got around to back in the day, and... It's hitting a lot of good itches for me. It's like has good hand-to-hand combat, and the stealth parts of that game are really, really fun, actually. And like, there's a lot of little puzzle-solving kind of stuff you have to do with stealth, which I really enjoy. And one of them actually kind of cracked me up when I'm thinking about it now. It's like there was this one room where the Joker had filled um, this room full of gas, and you had to hit these switches to like make the gas go out the ventilation system so there was three levels of them so the first two you can just kind of have to find where it is and kind of get to where you can through the rafters and stuff using the bat grappling hook and all that stuff and then throw the battering down at it so then i got to the second one was able to get the battering that then the third one i could see had a breakable ceiling over it but there was no way for me to get to it i couldn't spray my explosives on or anything but then i realized Huh, one of the Joker's henchmen has just kind of been hanging up there trying not to get killed by this poison gas by a rope, just holding on for dear life. I'm like, wonder what happened if I threw my battering at it? <laughs> so I threw the battering, it broke the rope, crashed through the ceiling, and I was able to use my battering to hit it from there. I just thought that was a really cool touch. I think they did a really lot of smart design decisions in that game. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, dude. Arkham Asylum's great. Like, the story is really fun. And like you said, the little puzzles and mechanics that they throw at you, like they make you think, but at the same time, they're not like, uh, fuck you hard. Yeah. <laughs> but I have died a couple of times. It's just Harley Quinn. She's so mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, Har- Harley. Uh, she could be a real harlot. The, uh, it's such an immersive game, too. Like, I feel like it's the one where you feel like Batman so much. Like, I haven't even played it, but I've watched people play it. And, like, just little things like seeing people terrified of your presence and stuff with their heart rate going crazy. Like, that's so cool. Oh, yeah, the heart rate monitors on everything is really cool. Yeah. I also really like that they mask a lot of their loading screens. So, like, Batman will reach up and start talking to on his ear, and it makes you walk and he'll be having conversations. And what that's doing while that's happening is it's loading in uh, the next part of the game. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. 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 Smart. So it's, See, it's really, that's really cool. good immersion because I didn't even realize yeah. that's what it was doing. I thought it was just storytelling, baby. 
Yeah. I also learned that a lot of times in games, when you're having to like squeeze through an area, so like you're having to like go through the little squeeze through like this narrow section, the game is loading the next part as you're doing that. And I'm like, oh, that's a cool little way to hide it. It's just like have a little mechanic, you know? So like like when Batman's crawling through the vents and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then the uh, the new God of War game, uh, that whole game is like one fluid shot. So I don't I don't know how that works out, but there's no loading no loading at all in that game. It's all one fluid. Wow. The thing I I don't know how they mask that. I'm sure same way with like you know doing the the ear thing in Batman, but yeah, fucking crazy man. Um, I really enjoy the combat in that game too. It's just crunchy, meaty is the word that I would use. Yeah, I've had to turn off my Yakuza brain to play it because, like, in Yakuza, you just just go crazy mashing buttons and stuff. You have to think a little bit more in the Batman games, but still a really good time. But I have to be a little bit smarter about combat than I did in Yakuza. I've heard people yeah. describe the Arkham games combat as being rhythmic, like almost like a rhythm game. Like, there's a real pa- rhythm to the patterns. Like, have you felt that in any way? Yeah, for sure. Like, it's someone you got to get used to, too. It's like, like I said, you can't just, like, sit there and mash the buttons to make things happen like you have to like throw a few hits and you'll see another guy coming out from behind you and it kind of does like a little time slow kind of thing when you see that guy winding up and then you can press um y which is your counter button and batman will turn around and go bop and get him and then continue on his combos i've had trouble like making big combos because i said there's a combo meter i think the highest i've gotten it so far is like 12 oh you'll you'll get better you'll you'll get to where that combo meter gets way up there until later on they start throwing enemies at you that uh you have to do a little more to deal with than just go up and just start punching them you know what i mean like yeah you might have to dodge behind them or do a certain thing i don't want to give away too much because it'll pop but it's that game is really satisfying that's just by the end of it i was like fuck that was great (laughs) yeah and it made me it made me because i never played asylum like on ps4 i had arkham city and would play that so I'm looking forward to getting to that for the show because I would like to see that on PC and glorious 2K. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, well, Willie, actually, before I get to my stuff, because I'm still pulling yeah. up the Fantasy League, what have you been up to this week? I got plenty. I got plenty. I got plenty, actually. Uh, Nate had been talking about it enough that I wanted to start playing it, too. So I've been checking out this game, Vampire Survivors. It's uh, still early access, but it's pretty much a full game now. And it's like... Um, it's kind of like if a twin stick shooter didn't have two sticks. <laughs> That's fair. Like it's it's a very Castlevania flavored uh, survival game. It's 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 upgradey. It's kind of a little bit grindy, but in a pleasant turn. Your like I've heard someone describe it as a listening to a podcast game, and that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I yeah, can definitely that, see that. That does make sense. The uh... it's like it's it's pretty cool. Like the weapons are very Castlevania inspired. Um, like the characters too. Um. It feels like it doesn't take itself extremely seriously, but it takes itself seriously enough to provide a good gameplay experience. Uh, and there's a lot of little little fun mechanics you discover as you play that eventually make you feel like an insanely overpowered god, which is a nice feeling. Oh yeah, dude, that's yeah. always a great... One thing that I really liked about the game was like when you first start playing, you feel like insignificant, weak, and you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And then as you progress, you're like, ha, this is easy. <laughs> So it does a really good job of making the player feel like they accomplished something through the gameplay. Yeah. Yeah, that game kicked my ass yeah, when I played it. 
The thing it's is, if you, it's worth like if you keep going with the Dalton, I swear you'll feel like a god too before too long. <laughs> getting weapons to their second form is just so cool. I'll have to give it another shot then. I haven't tried it with a controller yet. <laughs> so the funny thing is, I feel like I, so I mentioned this in the chat a while back. I only realized like the other day that it actually has analog controls and it's not just eight directions like WASD type controls. I've been playing with a D pad, and the moment I used the joystick instead, so I can actually aim the knife weapon accurately, it's been a lot easier. Oh, dude, I can only imagine. Yeah, that would uh probably step the game up a good bit. From just using WASD, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Be able to see, like, rotate yeah. completely. Knowing your gaming habits, I'm really surprised you went into it with a keyboard and didn't just go with the controller first off. I mean, I did play the controller. I, I, I'm using WASD as oh, a, about Dalton. a metaphor here. Like, I figured, oh, oh yeah, me. Uh, I just, I don't know, man. I just assumed that it didn't. <laughs> I was thinking it was a different kind of game at first, and then when I got into it, I was like, oh, okay, it's like Zombie Party, but. It's not a twin stick. It just did everything for you, but it very much reminds me of Zombie Party. Yeah, I was expecting it to be more twin sticky, too. Like, I was kind of thinking I might play mouse and keyboard, but there's nothing that the mouse does, so it ends up being a pretty good just left stick game and, you know, select stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Anything Uh, else you've been up to, man? Yeah, uh, Multiverses hit the uh, open beta. We've been playing a lot of that lately. Um, we, We finally, like, the last time we talked about Multiverses, we'd only played, like, one day of it so we didn't have much to say but now we have a little more experience with a few of the characters we've learned about perks and about team comboing and cool stuff like that and played some 2v2s and it's uh it's actually been a lot of fun um nate's uh wonder woman's getting really sick yeah dude i love playing with wonder woman like my two favorites so far and i'm surprised they're two of the dc heroes like i love wonder woman and batman they're just so much fun to beat the crap out of people with <laughs> no no love for shaggy Shaggy's cool. Like, the thing is, the way they're kind of doing things right now is like they have it like on a rotation where there's like five characters available at once every two weeks, and the current rotation Shaggy's not in it, so haven't had enough time with Shaggy, but he seems really cool too. Oh yeah, and I love how they just fully embraced the Ultra Instinct Shaggy meme. Did they? Yeah, I saw something yeah, where he said that it's canon. A- he has a what? Oh, he has a like a power up move where he just jumps up and gets all rage and gets like a power aura around him and that like buffs him for a little bit. So that's like super cool. Oh yeah. Uh, there's also, I mean, they're they're definitely leaning into the meme status of the games a little bit too. Like, uh, Rick from Rick and Morty is going to be added soon, and of course one of the skins is going to be a pickle Rick. So you know, fun little things like that. You know, hey internet, we're having fun out there. But, like, the character interactions are so fun because you you never would have thought, hey, what would happen if Arya Stark talked shit to Jake the dog? But then you get to see it. It's actually really fun. (laughs) Oh, fucking Jake the dog, man. And they put LeBron Um, James in there, too, and he looks like a hell of a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah. Who was it? Was it it Jeremy? I think it was. That was like, what the fuck is LeBron James... And I was like, Space Jam, the yeah. new Space Jam. He's like, fuck the new Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> Word. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, I get that the new Space Jam wasn't for me, but I can still respect that. <laughs> yeah. Now, what they ought to do is add Jordan in there so you can do LeBron versus Jordan, which is what everybody's always wanted. That'd be funny. If that, if that was finally where they got <laughs> put together. <laughs> yeah. In fucking multiverses. Settled on the court of multiverses. <laughs> I mean, they're adding a Space Jam stage to the game soon, so 
I mean, who knows? Maybe. I'll be down. I loved that. They got so many characters that are like rumored and leaked too. Like, there's gonna be characters from Gremlins entering the game entering the game soon. I'm looking forward to that. It'd be funny if this game ends up having just like this stacked ass roster, like uh, Ultimate yeah. Smash Ultimate. But well, the, the funny thing is too, when it first was announced, I thought there was like no thematic consistency in the roster. I was like, I don't care about the WB Extended Universe. That means nothing to me. Stop trying to be Disney. Space Jam Two means nothing to me. But they've got a really unified like art style to where like real people and like cartoon characters from completely different universes look natural in the same room. It actually looks and plays in a really a much there's a, like a lot more actual vision to the game than I expected. I expected it to be a lame cash in that would basically be the free to play version of Nick All Stars Brawl. And no, this is this is actually sick fun. Um, now with multiverses, they have the Cartoon Network characters in there, correct? Like Jake and like that's Cartoon yeah. Network. Okay, so that technically means yeah, it has uh, it has characters from Adventure Time and Steven Universe so far. Well, that technically so, means I, I don't know if that. Yeah. They have the wealth of Hanna Barbera characters to pull from, and that could be. Oh, cool. I would love to see Hanna Barbera representation. Bring me freaking Space Ghost, dude. <laughs> yeah, Mag- dude. and Magilla Gorilla, dude. Yes, I would kill him. Space Ghost. Would be dope, dude. That'd be so cool. Be right. Like... <laughs> you got to bring in Brack too. <laughs> Yeah. Like a Space Ghost game, like stage where Brack and Moltar and Zorak are just in the background yelling at you the whole time. Yeah, just trolling you for being bad, even if you're doing really good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. Um, let me see. Oh, a quick update on the Fantasy League. The only thing that I remember that actually came out this week. Uh, well, two things came out. Only one has a rating. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 got me an 88. How, you got such yeah. a stacked roster, dude, of games. Like, you knew what you were doing going in. Yes, I did. And I think I was one of the few people who did research. You know, like, but, so, I also have Digimon Survive, and that has is released, but it hasn't gotten enough reviews to have a score yet. So, still waiting on that. How much research did you need to do to know that Elden Ring was going to be a Game of the Year oh, candidate? Like, everyone knew that, right? I didn't have to take Elden Ring, but, like... Or I didn't have to research Elden Ring, but like I knew that Total War games usually do pretty well. All the all the games usually do pretty well. King of Fighters games usually do pretty well. So, you know, I was just thinking about that instead of being like, "Fuck that game looks cool," because I did that with the Star Wars Old Republic uh, DLC or you know expansion, and that got me sixty two. So <laughs> you know, we see how that goes. But yeah, I'm 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 happy so far. In fact, I think it was it was either Phil or Chad. It was one of the two in the, the group chat that we have about the, the Fantasy League was talking, it just wrote, Xenoblade got an 88, dot, 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 God damn you, Dalton. And I and I wrote, <laughs> I said, dude, but I'm worried about Digimon Survive. And he writes back and he goes, almost all of your games are in the 80s. You can afford the hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm interested to see how Digimon Survive does because I know that a lot of people were complaining it was more visual novel-y than they were expecting when they first heard of it. Yeah, and see, like that aspect doesn't bother me because a lot of the JRPGs that I play, like they handle their banter between characters these days with visual novel stuff. So to me, like that's not a huge deal. Now, if you were coming from like some of the older Digimon games that aren't like that, and then this is a new, like different kind of style, I can see why it would throw people off though. Yeah. 
I mean, isn't that what Fire Emblem basically is? It's half visual novel and half chess that people get horny for? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, that uh, Persona has some visual novel aspects to it, although it's a little more in-depth than visual novel stuff. But like uh, the Hyperdimension Neptunia games, like the banter between the characters is in visual novel style. Yes, this, I don't know. I'm used to it, but I can see how not everyone would be and why that's a thing. Uh, but I feel like I, if I'm coming to a JRPG, I expect to do a little right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a buddy of mine's kid who literally learned to read because he likes playing RPGs. And my buddy was like, "All right, I'm tired of reading these for you. So like, you need to learn to read yourself so you can play these." And he's like, "Okay." So he did. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, so this week, I wonder what Dragon Quest did for the Japanese literacy rate, man. <laughs> That's a, that would be a good question, especially since, you know, like they have like Dragon Quest release day holiday over there. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're not allowed to release games on a weekday. <laughs> like, that's just hilarious. <laughs> um, I love that. That is one of my favorite fun facts in video game history. That is right up there with Mario 2 is actually a different game. <laughs> <laughs> so, Willie, you uh, possibly sparked a new obsession of mine. I haven't quite decided yet but champions online so i was talking to you guys i was like i and it wasn't exactly what i was thinking of because champions online almost reminds me of uh like dc universe without the licensing you know what i mean it kind of plays like that which don't get me wrong i love dc universe so that's no qualm from me um but like when i was talking to you guys i was saying that a real superhero rpg uh is kind of like a niche that hasn't really been hit up much from what i can tell like i think freedom force i think those games were like an rpg but i think it was more like tactical rpg on pcs back in the day but you i don't think you create your characters i think you played as their characters but like i would really enjoy a game where you could either create your character or maybe create your character and then have like everyone around you is established it, it doesn't even really matter but like a game where you can build yourself up as an rpg gain your skills become a better superhero throughout it or villain you know you could maybe you could go either way but not make it an mmo because i feel like all the all the superhero games that have this stuff that i'm looking for is our mmos including champions online now what i will say with champions online though is the character creation is fucking awesome <laughs> there is a lot to it Whenever I find out that a game has been covered on Monster Factory, I assume it has one of the best character creators of all time. That's where I first heard about Black Desert, for instance. Black Desert's awesome. I love that game. <laughs> I do wonder, though, like, you know, the, the superhero RPGs, I wonder if the reason there aren't more of that going around is because when you hear superhero, you think of big action going crazy on things, and turn-based RPGs are a little bit harder to sink your teeth into as far as what you expect Batman to be doing, you know what I mean? No, yeah, and that's fair. And it doesn't have to be like a turn-based RPG. It could be action RPG or whatever, you know what I mean? But like, I just want it to be like, like for instance, like Spider-Man. You play through, you get these little skill points and you can unlock new skills and everything. But like, I would like to be able to raise my attributes or you know, be able to choose from a pool of powers like and kind of mold your own superhero yeah. as opposed to jumping in and playing as one that's already established. And but still, you could make it action. You could give it the fucking Batman combat. I'd be perfectly fine with that. You know what I mean? But 
just little things that they do in MMOs that I think could be put into like a single player experience that would be really cool. Like giving you the choice of, do you want to run really fast? You want to be able to fly or do you want to like have a hoverboard that you ride or whatever, you know, like those little, those little choices are, I think would make for a cool, uh, immersive experience as a solo player. And it's funny to me that there aren't a lot of like single player RPGs for superheroes because now that I think about it, there are a ton of tabletop systems that are based on superheroes. Like you know, there was the old Marvel superhero system back in the day. There was uh, what was the one you were showing us earlier? Uh, you, you sent us one that we were like making jokes about how that one character was like Colossus. Um, oh, so there's champions obviously. There's hero. I have that. Like, there's a lot of systems. That was mutants and masterminds. Mutants and Masterminds, yeah. Which? I mean, Mutants and Masterminds seems, like, really diverse, too. I went and looked up the Wikipedia page for that, and there's so many, like, setting modules for that. Like, you can play it Golden Age, you can play it Edgy in 90s. Like, there's a bunch of options. Yeah, yeah, and if that's one I'm definitely looking into for doing uh, TTRPG for the show. I, I really enjoyed, like, I was very happy with that website that I found that book on. It was just so satisfying that it let you click the page yeah. <laughs> and then you could actually flip the page. Like you were turning them. It was like, I could do this for the next 20 minutes and be happy just turning these pages. <laughs> and then I figured out I could full screen it so I could actually read it. And it was fantastic. Um, the character builds in there were, were quite fun too. I shared a couple of them with you. Uh, I know Nate was like, I want to be Colossus dibs on Colossus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be a big, stupid barbarian. Let me live my life. <laughs> yeah and uh in champions i just i created the golden scorpion he wears black and gold uh he's got a so, like a energy sword he uses one-handed weapons and he can fly and he's he's pretty cool so far he does a scorp- scorpion death drop scorpion death luck all that kind of stuff stinger splash you know yeah <laughs> he covers all the bases uh other than that man like so i was playing pokemon heart gold to uh join Adam whenever he decides to do that for his podcast and my save corrupted on my emulator. So (laughs) I'm like, Oh man, I wasn't super far, but I had like three or four badges and I'm just like, it still hurts because you were starting to get attached to your starter Pokemon and the first few Pokemon that you'd caught. Like I get that man. It's like, ah, kicking the dick. (laughs) Yeah. it, It fucked me up, dude. I was just like, God damn it, man. But I'll start it over again. And I, I guess I'll just try again. I don't know what I did to corrupt it. That's the only. That's the, that's the big problem. Is like I don't know what happened to corrupt it. Well, the real thing, the real good news is though, you just get to get another Totodile. It's fun. That's true. That's true. It's like, do I want to try something else? No, probably not, because I really want for alligator. Yeah, for alligator. For alligator or whatever, however they had to spell it. For alligator. <laughs> Got her done. Get her done. Uh. The only other non-Final Fantasy thing that I have was just something that I did today that I thought was awesome. Y'all might be like, meh, because I don't know if you've ever played a Hitman game. but So I'm playing Hitman 2, and I just wanted to play the first level. Did I get what? Uh, I think you're gone again, Willie. Um, so on, on the first level, it's this house, right? Like, And it's just on a beach, and you have to go in and kind of make your way up to this computer and get this information off of it, and then your target comes in. So basically, you're having to then hide, and hopefully before then you have done your things to set up to try to kill the person, like poison the the sugar by the drinks, you know, that kind of thing, right? Well, I wanted to try this way 
because there's challenges that you can do that raise your mastery for each level. So I wanted to try this challenge where you poison the air vents on the top of the house while they're in the safe room and it kills them, right? So I did that, but apparently before that, that worked, I was able to like, I had to pop two security guards in the head, boom, boom. It alerted some people, other people, right? All of a sudden, I use my little, like you have on Batman, like the bat vision. It's like your hitman vision. And I see the target who's red now has left the house and she's running up the beach. Oh no. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, she's going to make it out before I can get off this house. So I ran to the edge of the house and drew my silenced pistol and just aimed and went, hope this works, pulled the trigger, boom, one shot from like way off in the distance, hit her right in the back of the head, <laughs> boom, killed her. And it was like target, uh, target eliminated unnoticed kill because she fell in tall grass and i was like that could not have worked any fucking better (laughs) that is so lucky dude and honestly that almost sounds like you had the exact opposite scenario of what i did in batman like you were trying to poison (laughs) gas them while i was trying to save them from the poison gas (laughs) yeah yeah i was doing my best joker (laughs) that house is funny you use poisonous gas (laughs) That, that house is funny. There's a section where they're like, you try to get into the computer. It's like, you need a password dongle. So you start looking around. And there's this painting on the wall that looks suspicious. So you grab it and you kind of just give it a twist. And this wall just opens up. And there's this fucking like on the wall inside of this room. It's just all kinds of weapons. There's a fucking like automatic rifle. There's a shotgun. There's a silenced pistol. There's some throwing knives. There's a samurai sword. Like there's so many weapons in here that you can grab and use. <clears throat> but my favorite... Just one more quick thing about this level and I'll get off it. Like the first time I ever played it on PS4, when they come in and you're having to start dealing with the people, you're upstairs kind of behind this wall looking in as they're moving their stuff inside. Well, I didn't realize I had to kill the girl. I thought I had to kill the guy this first time. So he's like talking to the chick and everything and he's like, go and turn the lights on. She goes and turns the light on and he took off his hat and as he was putting his hat on the hat rack... Boom, I splattered his head, right, just from behind. <laughs> and he came up and was just like, Hi, honey, I'm home. Non-target killed. And I went, fuck. <laughs> and then all the guards came out and just lit me up with their automatic rifles. <laughs> Good job, 47. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I told my dad, because my dad's played it too. When I got that long-range shot with the pistol, he's like, you did that with a pistol? I said, yeah, that's why they call him Agent 47. <laughs> he's the man. Oh, well, gentlemen, we, uh... We played some Final Fantasy. We sure did. Uh, starting on uh, disc two. Now, I don't know how much we actually want to go into like details and things like that, but like things that stood out to you in the the second half of the game. You have any that jump out? Okay, one of my first favorite things to always bring up are stupid mechanics in Final Fantasy VII. So one of the stupidest mechanics in this game, in my opinion, was when you were climbing the Great Glacier. And every time you got to a ledge and you had to stop, you had to mash your like X button in order to get warmed back up before you could start climbing again. Otherwise, I didn't know. I didn't let it happen, so I don't know what actually happens if you let it drop. I'm assuming you freeze to death. Yeah, I actually don't know either because I didn't let. I kept my thing at like 56 or 58, whatever it was. Yeah, it was such a silly mechanic, dude. Like, why did they make us do that? Yeah, and the funniest part's when you're mashing that button, that cloud's kind of just like jerking really fast up and down, like he's uh, 
quivering i guess maybe was that is that the word or like hunched over but i don't know it was just a really funny animation that he just does very quickly while you're trying to heat up and yeah it was like why <laughs> it's I think it goes back to what we were saying last week. They were just trying to make add things in to make it more video gamey, and some of the things stuck, and some didn't. And I think that's one that didn't. <laughs> it's an early early QTE. <laughs> You're an early uh, no, QTD. Woo! Oh well, thank you, thank you. You bless your heart. You're so sweet. Um, <laughs> it's funny that they took that mechanic and they were like, you know what? This didn't work here, but I bet we can use this to make summons more powerful. <laughs> and they put that shit in eight. Yeah, mashing for the sake of mashing is not fun. <laughs> not think video games have learned that. Uh, I would hope so. At least in like Smash Bros, when you have to mash, you can use directional yeah. inputs too. That also counts. So rotating the C yeah. stick, you know, it's definitely better than jamming the same button with your finger over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. And then like. I felt like that that climb, it could have been like done in one screen. <laughs> but it was like, you eight. know, like <laughs> you go up and then you go into the cave and it could have just been like you just go up for a while and then eventually at the top you get to the cave and then you come out and you're at the whirlwind maze or whatever. But nah, nah, you got to go up and then you got to go in this cave. Then you got to come back out through another area and then you got to go up and you might went the wrong way. So then you got to go back down and you got to go up the other way and God damn it. I know people complain about things being streamlined, but like there are reasons that some sections of games get streamlined and it's for just like this type of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's when pathways aren't like it's when they just throw a maze at you for no reason, just with these dead ends that lead you to nothing. And you're just kind of like, why did you make me do this? Yeah. Yeah. And in Western RPGs and then some of the newer JRPGs have gotten me into the habit of I look at the mini map if there's a mini map and I'm like all right so that's obviously a dead end well I have to go that way there's got to be an item at the end of that yep so <laughs> I found myself like going up these different directions on the mountain to see and there was nothing yeah I'm just, right just, there with you because like it's hard not to because like you have that mindset when you're playing games like I gotta collect all this stuff I want to see what all there is to see if what if there's a really badass materia up on this ledge you know yeah and yeah, then, can... there never is Bahamut Rick James might be up there on that cliff, but no. Giga slaps. <laughs> it slaps, and as he goes away, you just hear unity. It's, um, yeah, that that section going up that fucking ice hill and having to warm yourself up led to another section that drove me fucking crazy. I, I think wasn't it in the the whirlwind maze with the fucking wind thing yeah. that was driving me absolutely shit crazy that's why it was the whirlwind maze baby that is exactly where that was you sent us messages in the group chat about it. i was like oh my god i hate this fucking part so much <laughs> <laughs> i did and, and then you're like i went through no problem yeah I, I got to the one you were complaining like specifically about the third one taking you like 15 minutes or whatever and i was just like uh yeah i got through that first try bud <laughs> maybe think of I know you didn't watch Seinfeld, but there's this episode of Seinfeld where I think it's Elaine's like, oh my God, it's so hot. Aren't you hot? It's so hot in here. And it goes to Jerry and he just goes, huh, actually, I'm quite comfortable. <laughs> it's just like, that's what it made me think of when you were like, yeah, I got through first drive. No big deal. I don't know if it was the, the mods that I was using, like made it obscure the wind more or something. Or if I just, I don't know what the fuck. Like it got to the point where I got into some, I leveled up like four times trying to go through there. <laughs> 
I don't, did, just all the all, I ran into the second one one time, and it right after I ran into it, I got into an encounter. Was it one of those things where you got into an encounter every time you ran into it? Every single time you ran into it, it would throw you into a battle. Yeah, and that was a kind of a tougher monster too at that point. Yeah, well, actually, you were already, level seventy at that point, so it didn't matter for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did a lot of leveling in this game. We'll touch on that in a bit, but like, yeah, it wasn't bad. It was just like tedious because mm-hmm. because if I fucked up, it immediately threw me into a battle, so I couldn't just go and try again. I had to then deal with this battle and then try get again, only to mess up again and get thrown into another battle. And it's not like I could kick on my speed up and just run through it because I had to use timing. Yeah. So like trying to do it at the times five speed or whatever, like wasn't possible. <laughs> so I was just like, man, but I did eventually get through it's it. It's weird too that. What was that? Um. So like the, the, the that, that leads up to the f- first battle with Sephiroth. Isn't that the, the first big battle with him on this too? Or or do you not do you not fight? I don't think him you there? fight. Don't you fight like a version of Genova at that point? That's right. That's right. It's Genova Life. It's something. Yeah. Or so, I don't know. There was like three different versions. It was some whacked version of Genova at that point. Because I got like I don't think you ever fought Sephiroth until the end of the game on disc three. So that's right. I, mean, I think it was like the first version of Genova, which also was kind of weird that there was a Genova fight considering, but. But yeah, I think you're right that he sent that first form of Genova at you at that point. Um, and then after that, you moved on to like doing the Junon and Medeal and all that. And it was in uh, Medeal where, or no, 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 I'm sorry. I think it was at the end of the Whirlwind Maze. Isn't that where Cloud starts realizing that like he's a clone and he kind of gets that, he gets like overwhelmed with uh, Mako energy yeah. and he's like in the wheelchair just like oh yeah it's somewhere around there at that point in the game yeah that cloud kind of gets dunked in the mako energy and kind of loses his mind a little bit and your party gets split at that point it's like an interesting that's one of the more interesting parts of the game i think is when you're having to use different party leaders at that point because there's times where you're controlling tifa as your main character and then sid as your main character and i thought that was kind of a neat little um way to do your little side quest to get some of your other characters a little bit more specialized attention yeah and it helped me raise their levels up (laughs) without cloud just being way above everyone else yeah i was kind of like when i got there i was kind of desperate to get cloud back because i wanted to look at the whole gang together because like i don't know for some reason it just felt wrong (laughs) (laughs) yeah it, it was strange um but it was nice like i really enjoyed and I don't remember if this was the exact moment. Well, fuck it. We're not going through beat by beat, so we'll just cover it now. I really enjoyed the reveal when they were talking about that Cloud was basically constructed from Tifa's memories of Cloud, this guy named Cloud, and of um, Zach. 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 And I missed the opportunity. Um, you can actually go back to Nibelheim after certain events. Actually, I think after you realize that, and you'll see a flashback scene um that kind of shows the end of zach and cloud meeting at the reactor and stuff and i meant to go back and do that and i didn't but um really cool how they they went through that with sephiroth like leading you and tifa and tifa just like begging sephiroth to stop like sephiroth stop like stop doing this and cloud's like no it's okay no it's okay i have a huge dick i don't believe him (laughs) like whatever (laughs) 
Like, look at my sword. Like, come on. And yeah, <laughs> by the end of it, Cloud's like, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, he really gave it to Cloud there. I think, I guess, maybe I'm dumb and I don't quite understand how everything tied together. Because like, so Cloud was this real kid, right? He was Cloud a clone at that point, or was he just infused with the Mako energy? So he got, I'm a little, again, he kind of confused himself because he kind of um, infused his memory with Zack's stuff. Because, like, he was actually, that's that little soldier next to Zack, not actually Zack at that point. So, like, was yeah. he a clone, or what? what is Cloud's whole deal? Because I still don't really quite get that side of it. I, I want to say that he was a failed experiment, and then that's why he wasn't even good enough to get into Soldier, or at least what he thought. And then, like, that's why he was just, like, a grunt. But, like, when he saw Tifa getting hurt because they had grown up together. Well, no, because that doesn't make sense either. Yeah, how do you maybe, grow up so, with her if he was a clone? So maybe the memories of him being a clone are the memories of Zack. I, I don't know. Plot hole! <laughs> I want to say I thought he was a real person that was just exposed to... That's what I was thinking. Like, you know, the Nibelheim, the, 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 the things in the Nibelheim uh, reactor, like pods like i figured he was one of those and he he took it better than most but like he lost his memory i think and ended up absorbing like zach's memories just because that's kind of how he saw himself or something that was that was what i yeah, I think that makes yeah. sense that he was like actually this kid that grew up with tifa then went off to become this big make big soldier guy and then he was put into um hojo's experiments and then was kind of gotten yeah. went from there as far as it goes he was like a failed clone of sephiroth but was still out there with sephiroth so it makes me wonder was zach a clone was zach in that same i don't know i guess i guess we'll have to play crisis core uh, 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 uh. um i i i think i think maybe cloud being exposed to Genova. Or like you know, whenever that went down in the in the reactor, something happened where it was like his memories in the the weird life stream bullshit that they got into. I think his memory somehow got mixed up, or it was like his he got Tifa's memory of him and Zach both put into one. And man, I paid attention to it, but it was like a week and a half ago. Yeah. I don't remember. But I'm sure some big FF seven fan is yelling at their phone right now, being like, "You guys are idiots." Yeah, where's Polish when we need him? He did the deep dive on the lore. He would know. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, did you guys... Uh, well, Nate, I know I probably know your answer to this. Um, so I guess I'll just talk about me because, Willie, I know you, know you didn't get a chance to play much, but the Golden Saucer, going back there. Ah, you know my answer. <laughs> yeah. I, I went back there. So I, for some reason, um, I had like a week left and I was right at the end of the game and i was like well i guess i'll go do some other stuff and i ended up 100 percenting, like getting 100 percent achievements on steam nice. for this which was baffling to me Dang. um but let me tell you doing the battle square over and over and over and over and over and over and over to get omnis slash was a pain in the ass but my god does that do a lot of damage <laughs> omni slash does a lot of damage the only reason i was able to beat ruby weapon was because I had Omni Slash. Did you end up um, looking up a guide on how to get through the um, battle square, or did you just figure it out? No, I just went in there, and it was like, okay, they're just going to throw a lottery at me. So I was high enough level at that point that I had a bunch of HP. Yeah. 
So the only time I really ran into trouble was when I would get the random lottery thing that would break my support materia. Then all of a sudden I went from having like 8,000 HP to 3,000 HP. (laughs) Then it was an issue. But um, no, it really wasn't all that bad. Um, I did get fucked one time and I won by the skin of my teeth. Okay. I got hit with uh, the the lottery thing gave me your, you can't use items. And then I immediately got turned into a frog. And then I got hit with berserk. You were a berserk frog. So, so I was a little berserk frog. <laughs> ribbit, ribbit, motherfucker. And I managed to go the next three rounds and not die because my frog, because he was berserked, was hitting harder. So he was just whacking motherfuckers. That's funny. <laughs> going frog Lesnar. Frog Lesnar. Throwing those hammers. and Full battle toad <laughs> up in this bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, so I was able to do that eventually. Um, and then I was like, the one thing that almost kept me from getting 100% achievements was like, do I still have a save with Aerith alive that I can go back and get her limit break? Because I had gotten everything up to getting her fourth limit break and then forgot about that. <laughs> and then she died. So I was, I did have one save because I had saved multiple times. I had one save that was still had her. So I was able to go back and get her limit break or her final and get that achievement. But let me tell you, boys, before we touch on like the end of the game and stuff, um, that moment when the weapons come out, right? I think it's not much longer after uh, Junon and Medeal because that's when Diamond Weapon, I believe it is, approaches yeah. Junon and they shoot it with the gun and all that. That one is a breeze. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, com- especially compared to its friends. Um, I went... The, so... <laughs> My ass tried Emerald Weapon before Ultima Weapon, right? So, wow! I went. Sorry, holy shit! What? That was the loudest crack of thunder. Oh! <laughs> I, was, I was like, I'm sitting here, and all of a sudden, it was just like, boom! Out my window. I was like, holy shit! Um, sorry. So, Emerald Weapon. I did not know there was an underwater materia. Oh. So I went into that with the time limit. Oh no! Right. So he killed me. Probably a good ten times before I before I finally got him. But man, what a fucking like, dude! You gotta like know what you're doing going into those. I did not realize what I was getting into. <laughs> Don't they have like one and two million hit points or something? Very. Uh, I think Emerald Weapon had six hundred thousand, and I think Ruby Weapon had eight hundred thousand. That is a lot. Still a lot. But yeah, seeing as that I was hitting it for like two and three thousand, like it took a while. Um, limit breaks saved me in Emerald Weapon, and the fact that I had like ninety nine Phoenix Downs came in handy too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so then I actually I filmed me uh, finding and defeating Ultima Weapon uh, for TikTok stuff. Which ultimate weapon wasn't bad, except it was like that was one of those fights that you, if you did a, a certain amount of damage to it, it would then run away and dart around the map. So you had to fly around and find it again. Um, that was a bit of a pain in the dick. But the ruby weapon, it, whoever designed that boss, is a fucking masochist. <laughs> okay, because I, what or it might be sadist. Eh, it doesn't matter. Like, dude, that fucking fight, you go in, and I'm sure, I don't know if you guys have ever attempted this before, and fun fact, 
the original Japanese version did not have ruby weapon and emerald weapon. They were added for the American version. Didn't know that. Which is weird. But yet they even made a new version for the Japanese market called Final Fantasy VII International that does add back the weapons and a couple of the other changes that they made for the uh, international releases. Hmm. Well, there you go. I didn't know. I didn't realize that until I was looking into the weapons themselves. And uh, so the way Ruby Weapon goes down is you start your fight and you smack it, and whoever you smack it with gets whirlwinded or whirl sanded. Excuse me, whirl sand, and they just whoop gone. And then you, the next person you attack it with, the world sand, whoop, gone. So you have one party member. So after wiping about this a few times, um, I went in and attacked with everyone but Cloud. And I was able to eventually win it with just Cloud. Um, but it was a hour or so cycle of me Jesus. attacking it, it attacking me, me healing, it attacking me, me healing, it attacking me, me limit breaking on its little fucking tentacles that come out because I can hit the tentacles for like 8,000 instead of hitting it for like 200, right? Hit its tentacles, then heal, then heal. And basically it was just a repeat cycle of me keeping myself healed until I could limit break its tentacles. Wow. And it took forever, but I finally beat it and that was the point where I was like, I am going to go beat this game now. <laughs> I'm <laughs> over this. <laughs> And then you sneezed on the final boss and he immediately died. Oh yeah. The, 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 the final battle, like, so let's, let's jump to there because well, there's we some get stuff there, that happens. Let's cover some couple other things, right? Oh. It's like one thing I wanted to bring up was there like, cause like I want to bring up the goofy mechanics in this game again. How did you, Fair. <laughs> how did you guys feel about the submarine battle? It was easy as shit. You just said Jump, you just drove right up on it, shoot it like four times, and it's over. It's just like such a weird little video <laughs> game. Like, why did you put this in here, guys? <laughs> yeah. My absolute favorite pointless minigame is Fort Condor, by the way. I loved Fort Condor. Hey, Fort Condor, I, I can see why that one would be fun for people because it at least had like that little bit of pseudo strategy game elements to it where you felt like you were doing something, but like the. It's like you're playing a strategy game, but you don't have to be smart or have any strategy. It's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, that submarine battle reminded me a lot of... So on PS1, I had a game called Tiger Shark. And it was like you were like a little... I call it like an underwater plane, but it was just a really speedster, like underwater craft. And I just like remembered that. And <laughs> as soon as it gave me control of the submarine, it was like, okay, this is going to be like Tiger Shark. This is going to be intense. And I went forward like three feet and fired a couple missiles and it was over and i was like oh yeah it was okay. so silly dude but before we get to even get to sephiroth though like one of my favorite ended up being one of my favorite sections of the game was when you go back to uh midgar when you fly back in and parachute oh, down to right. midgar and then you finally get to have your like comeuppance with heidegger and scarlet those terrible terrible horrible people and then I really enjoyed like fighting Hojo, like the scientist that created Sephiroth, who you find out yeah, is actually Sephiroth's cool. father. And then he fight all these versions of himself because he injected himself with Genova cells as well. And he got like a three form boss with him, which I thought was a really cool, really fun segment of the game. I I really enjoyed that whole area um, because 
I liked the FMVs that they would do where they were they had that gun set up on Midgar to shoot at Diamond Weapon coming in. And it just sucked up all the energy of the city. Or was it? Yeah, it was Diamond Weapon. And I mean, it was just crazy when they like they pulled it up and all the lights in the city go out. Ooh, gone. And then that thing just blasts that shot out. But the satisfying thing, and it sucked because the tower fell, a bunch of people died, there was a bunch of explosions and stuff. But watching that one motherfucker up in the Shinra Tower just get blown to smithereens. Rufus, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like, that's what you get. That's what you get. And it was funny, like, watching that scene and then how, like, as soon as everybody realized Rufus had died, everybody was, like, immediate power grab mode or immediate, well, Shinra's gone. Because, <laughs> like, Rufus and Heidegger, well, Rufus, Heidegger and Scarlet were like, yeah, Shinra's ours now. <laughs> and then... I'm glad that the final fight with Hojo is satisfying because even by Shinra standards, he is a yeah, huge piece of Hojo's shit. Hojo's the worst. It's Hojo's. Like, if you really think about it, this entire thing is Hojo's fault. Yeah. He's the real villain here. Yeah, 100%. And he's not even like greedy like most of Shinra. He's just like fucking asshole. Yeah, look, Sephiroth is just a creation of the real villain who became more powerful than the real villain. Yeah. And uh, fun fact for people, if you haven't played Final Fantasy VII, when you're on your way to fight Hojo... Be sure to have Barrett in your party, because then if Barrett is in your party, there's a chest on the way up the gun that gives you his uh, final weapon, or it's his final limit break. No, it's his one weapon. It's his weapon. Weapon? Yeah, because I made sure to have Barrett in my party at that point, because, like, you know, I played Barrett a lot in my party, and so I wanted to get it. And, like, I never really ended up using the um, final slash ultimate weapons, whatever you wanted to call them for the characters, because they didn't have any materia growth on them. Yeah. See, by that point, that was moot to me. Uh, I still like it wasn't but, that important to me either, but I still wanted to see if I could make Odin have a baby, and he did. <laughs> <laughs> that was one thing that was nice is that when you max your materia out, it gave you another one. Yeah. So it was like, okay, well then, um, I could keep this, or I could sell it for one point five million gills. What did so you use like, money for, my dude? Potions, high potions. Oh, I, I I finished this game with an absolute assload of money. Yeah, it's like there was not enough to spend the money on if you sold your materials. Like money was only important for like the first few sections of the game if you didn't grind it all. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I just had a bunch of money <laughs> that I just anytime I needed something, I just because I have this thing where like if I can afford it in a game, I want to have max of that item. Yeah. So I had max potions, max high potions, max phoenix downs, like. That kind of thing, you know? Yeah, see, I'm, like, the opposite. Like, if I can use magic to cure things, I will. Because it's always cheaper just to stay at the inn one time than to use seven potions. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. There were, there were times that I would be like, well, I've got... Let's see. They need to heal for... They need 5,000 HP to heal to max. Uh, I'm going to use these 40 potions that I have to get them up as high as it'll get them. And then I'll start using my high potions. Yeah. <laughs> In the menu, so I'm just like, bling, 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 <laughs> healing. Uh, I did like the the first encounter with Ultima Weapon and Medeal. Yeah. Like when Cloud's flipping the fuck out, and I think you, I don't know who you had in your you party, were, I think mine was Barrett, Sid, and Vincent. Yeah, Sid, I think, was the main person in your party that I'm like, he was your party leader at the time, so I think I had Sid, Barrett, and Red 13. 13. 
Okay, yeah. And basically, what Ultima Weapon does in that fight is the same thing he does the other kinds you fight him, is when you, you do enough damage to him, he basically just fucks off. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, is... Oh, I keep calling it Ultima Weapon, but it's Ultimate Weapon. Not that it matters. The fucking Final Fantasy is weird with their spellings and stuff, but I really enjoyed that. I liked the underwater reactor area. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was fun. And the... The area that I ended up telling you about that I went and did a bunch of leveling at the, uh, I don't remember what it's called, it was the, like the crash ship. Yeah, it was like the crash thing. submarine, the, there was a hallway in there that was worth a lot of XP and AP if you just stood there and grinded for a long time, like, and I just ended up staying there for a long time as well after you told me about it and got cloud up to like level 80 and the rest of the guys in their 70s, except for Kate Sith, because no one plays as Kate Sith. Damn, boys, I meant to tell you, my friend Brian told me that that's a great place to grind in. I think you can get sources to gain, like, stat increases down there. I never used the sources, which I probably should have, but... I used every source I found on Cloud. <laughs> that's not a bad idea. Nice. <laughs> he looks like he's got the Bane Super Soldier serum <laughs> yeah, in him now. <sighs> he just needs the Lucha Mask. I think I just combined two comic... I think I said Bane and then Super Soldier Serum. That's two different yeah. things. Yeah, it is, but that's okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, the, I, I honestly, I liked the difference in like, you had your underwater submarine and then you had your like shallow water, watercraft thing. And then you had the, the high wind or not the high wind, but you know That's what, what it's mean, called, like, yeah. Wasn't it? Oh, was it? Okay. Oh, I know that. Yeah. The I know that was, wind, his yeah. weapon was called that. So that's why I was like, oh, wait a minute. Is that, but okay. His weapon, his last name, his final limit break, and the airship are all called high winds. <laughs> oh, okay, well, there you go. How many final yeah. limit breaks did you end up finding, Dalton? No, you 100%ed, so you got them all, didn't you? I, I got them all. Yeah, I only got yeah. two during my playthrough, because I, like I said, I was not going to spend any time at the Golden Saucer, so Omni Slash was off the table. Um, but I ended up finding SIDS, which is high wind, which is pretty cool. And then I had um, Red 13's Cosmo Memory. Yeah, Cosmo I don't remember where I got that. I just saw it in my inventory. I was like, "Ooh, I have a." <laughs> you get it from Cosmo Canyon at some point. Uh, I think it might be whenever you go back to Cosmo Canyon. Okay, because that's also the point that if you've gotten the two other Bahamuts that you get, uh, exit. Exo, yeah, Bahamut Zero. Actually, that's not how you get Bahamut Zero. You have to get all four huge materia because you can fail getting that's huge right. materia. So if you only go there with three of them, you don't get Bahamut Zero. That's right. I forgot huh. that you could fail getting the first two. Um, you can fail like the hardest one to get was the one from Rocket Town. Like I failed it the first time, and luckily I'd saved right before I went to Rocket Town. So I was like, nope, and I reset and went back to my save, and I looked up the code. Fun fact. The code is different on Switch and Xbox than it is on PlayStation. Really? Hmm. It's the same on PC as it is on PlayStation, apparently, because the guide I was using had the the PlayStation stuff. Once I was like scrolling down, and I was like, because hmm. yeah, I, I typed in the one from um, PlayStation on my Switch, and it was like incorrect. I'm like, what? I transposed the buttons all properly and everything. So then I like went back to the thing. I was like, looked up switch code for this. And it's like, yeah, it's different. I was like, weird. Why would they change? <laughs> Just leave the button layouts the same. Damn it. God. Controller button layouts, like especially between switch and Xbox kills me, dude. Yeah. Cause the, the a and the B being swapped is, is very strange. And also like final fantasy seven's gotten me used to like hitting B for okay for everything or circle. 
and now I'm just backing out of all kinds of shit. Yeah, in other games. See, that's the problem I'm having when I went back to Switch, and because like A on Switch is the far right hand was the button for accept for everything essentially, and like I've gotten so used to the Xbox when A being down here at the bottom button, and it's just like oh y'all are killing me. The weird thing is, it makes sense on the if you look at the iconography of the original PlayStation controller, it makes sense because like a circle looks like it should mean okay, and an X looks like it should mean no thank you, and that's what they did for seven in the West and all of them in Japan. But for some reason, the other games when they translated them, they used X for okay and circle for back. That's so, eight so and nine bizarre. Was like that. Yeah, very strange. Um, I'm trying to think of some other. Some other things that jumped out to me. I liked the, in the, the Northern Crater Cave, like that last dungeon that you're in. I like when they do the, the party split. Yeah. Because it was interesting to see like what little items they would bring back to you. And it was just depending on like who you chose in the party and what direction you sent them in. Yeah. Pretty cool like, idea. Just cool. Um, so I guess I, before we could talk about the, um, that final scene and the Northern Cave and Sephiroth and all that, I had a couple questions that a plot of both of you so i didn't get to see a whole lot of them but i was wondering what your favorite okay. limit breaks in the game were dalton since you got them all i know you have a lot of opinions i really liked cosmo memory a lot i thought that one was really dope like everything i love red 13 dude everything about that dude's cool so as you were telling me about you getting limit breaks i went on the i went on youtube i said the YouTube <laughs> like some grandma and just looked i looked up the animations for him i did think cosmo canyon was really cool um I know this doesn't count as a limit break because it isn't, but I still think my favorite attack animation in the game is Supernova. In oh, the final yeah, boss dude. Fight. I got so happy when Sephiroth cast that on me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cosmo Memory was definitely one of the cooler looking ones. I, I like the ones that I used the most were Tifa's Final Heaven, mm-hmm. um, mm. Barrett's. Ooh, I'm going to shoot the fuck out of this dude move because I can't remember the name of it, but it shoots a lot of times. And then uh, Omnis Slash. <laughs> it's it's Omni Gun, is what it's Omni-gun. called. <laughs> and then my other question was, what were your favorite um, summons in this game? Like, so I didn't end up getting them all because that's a lot of effort that I didn't want to put into getting Knights of the Round. So uh, I ended up really loving Hades. I thought Hades had one of the dopest animations, and I loved that he caused status effects that basically petrified poison and put to sleep your enemies. It's like having your yeah, own right? I thought Hades looked really cool. Um, I didn't cast him a super lot, but I had him on, I think it was Barrett with the materia, the add skill material, or the add skill material, I think it was. And basically, it just means that every attack that you would do with your character, it added the summons stuff to it. So it would. That is so would smart. Sh- shoot. And it would give them poison and all I of that shit. I didn't even shit. think to do that. That's so freaking smart. It's dope as fuck. I want to be honest, mine's a weird one. And y'all are probably going to think I'm just joking with you or just making a joke about how I only played disc one. But um, honestly, it had been so long since I played it that I forgot how in love I am with Chocomog. <laughs> like, that is, not only is it a cute animation, but there are two of them. There are two different animations. It occasionally gives you fat Chocobo instead of... Oh, the, I never uh, got, I got fat, fat Chocobo. I got fat Chocobo one time. And 
Yeah, Fat Chocobo's adorable. Isn't I only it? got it one time, and I missed my screenshot button, <laughs> and I was like, "No!" Uh, but yeah, freaking adorable, dude. Yeah, uh, one that surprised me that I never thought was really cool was um, Kujata, because I'd forgotten that was a summon ever to begin with, and then it does the Tetra Flame or Tetra Disaster, I think it was what it's called, where he shoots like four different elements off, and then you see this giant warthog just stamp the ground and cause an earthquake. I thought that was a really cool animation too for one of the. I guess lower level summons of the game. All right, bitches. <laughs> My goodness. You know, I'm curious why, like, that summon and, like, Hades, they didn't carry on. I haven't seen them since seven. You know what I mean? There's, like, seven has the, some of the ones that are iconic, and then they have a bunch of, like, Chocomog. Like, that's an adorable little one. I want to drop a fat Chocobo on somebody every now and then. Wasn't there a Chocobo games? summon, correct me if I'm wrong, Willie, back in four? Uh,. I think so. It sounds accurate. I feel like there's a couple summons that just recur a couple of times, and then there's a couple that, like one shots forever. But it's like I think there was a Chocobo summon in four. Like the first game with summons was three, and four had it was the first one that integrated summoning with the plot in any way. I want to say there was a Chocobo. I definitely think three is or four is where Titan came from. Also, oh, yeah. uh, I'll look it up. Yeah, I really like Titan in seven a lot too. Titan was like one of my favorites too because I just love the way he just like this big massive ugly dude comes out picks up the ground underneath the enemy and slams it over top of him such a fun animation yeah yeah four had choke four had a lot of uh, her lower level Rydia's lower level summons were um uh monster based like she could summon a yeah. chocobo a goblin a cockatrice a bomb yeah things like that um I also I really really enjoyed the Bahamuts. Yeah, and how so they cool. evolve. Yeah, as you get them, like that that final Bahamut Zero one, I was like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I remember as a kid just being really pleased with the evolution of them over time. How they kept getting bigger prefixes before a name from Mega Flare to Giga Flare to Terra Flare. It's like the, the, this is a metric thousand times badass <laughs> than the last one. What do you think like, about it, so- dude? Like. Of course we love the Bahamut, because it's like a Pokemon. It starts off in its base form, it goes to its middle evolution, then its final evolution. Hey. Except for the right. first version of the evolution wasn't worthless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I, and I honestly, I, I really like Knights of the Round as well. I think it's really cool. But also, after seeing it two or three times, I was happy to have my speed up button. Oh, I had to but have like, that for Bahamut Zero, too. Like, as much as that's a good animation, like, Hades and Bahamut Zero felt like they took forever. So I was like... Time for speed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, something we were talking about in the Discord just randomly. While I was recording the last Let's Play of Final Fantasy VI, all of a sudden my party just started doing whatever they want during battles. And I was like, what is going... I had apparently accidentally turned on the auto battler. Nice. And I didn't realize that I was like, oh, that's what they were talking about the other... I couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on. And apparently there's something like that in Final Fantasy 7, although I just called it mashing circles. <laughs> That's what I ended up doing, too, is mashing the whole time. But I found this thing that I accidentally found. I was like, because I pressed the right stick in, and I had, didn't know what it did, and I didn't want to find out, because I was like, I, only wanna, I don't want to use anything that feels like it's cheating. But I eventually let it happen on one, and it basically just filled my limit break meter. So when I went into a fight, I had full limit. Yeah, if it's anything like the... The release of eight and uh, I assume nine on those uh, like the not remasters, but you know what I mean. The more, the re-releases is you'll have the one that gives you unlimited HP and fills your limit breaks. There's the one that that uh, 
turns off encounters. I think you have to click both sticks in. Okay. And it and it turns off encounters, and then you have your speed up and things like that. And those are supposed to be just like if you've played this game before. Those are there to kind of help. I will say I was super grateful for the speed up one because there were times where just walking. It just felt like it took forever. So just being able to press that stick down and move three times faster made life a little better from playing that game. Oh, brother. I did not drive that submarine unless fucking speed up was on. Yeah. Because <laughs> that thing moved at the speed of a fart. Yeah. We're grown-ass adults with shit to do. We need those speed up buttons. Like, I'm so grateful that in on the 2D remakes, they all have the run button, even if the original game didn't mm. have a run button, you know? Yeah. It's like Pokemon games. When you start them now, they're like, oh, hey, by the way, here's some running shoes. Yeah. Instead of six hours into the game being like, hey, you want these fucking shoes that make you run faster? Yeah, I would have liked those a long time ago, actually. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, is there anything else in particular that jumped out at you guys? Uh before we get into like the the ending type stuff no i think that really covers about most of the things that i wanted to bring up i think it's cool that materia had a both a mechanical use and a plot use i do kind of love when final fantasy games blend those things together so like the ultimate materia is the big black and the big white materia both had like very important gameplay things even though i think the white material was supposed to be useless when you first hear about it which is kind of cool you know it's just little shit like that yeah speaking of which also the materia system was actually really fun in this game because like a lot of the classic final fantasies you don't really customize your characters at all but this one like you can put whatever material on whatever character you wanted do we want Barrett to use chocomog or do i want tifa to use barrett chocomog not use barrett um so so that's a great summon, summon Barrett. So I just thought that was really cool. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. a lot cleverer. I think it's a lot cleverer than the Magicite system from Six. And, like, I, I do kind of complain that the middle Final Fantasy games, like Six through Eight, really, all the characters are basically the same because you can customize them so much. But, like, I do think that Seven may have had the best method of customizing. Like, I feel like every choice felt important. And you could do cool combinations that were not immediately obvious. Like, I wouldn't have thought of... Uh, the mix you said with Hades, so you could attack Hades with uh, yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, that's a really cool combo. Yeah, uh, I I did I did like the uh, different combinations that you could put together um, for sure. Speaking of materia, Wu Tai Clan ain't nothing to fuck True with. That. And <laughs> fuck when with. when you go into Wu Tai, if you have Yuffie in your party. I, you know, I'm curious if you go there without her, if this just doesn't happen, or if she just shows up and steals your shit, because Yuffie just steals all your material yeah. that you have equipped, and then runs off, and you have to go through a bunch of little side quest things that I 100% used a guide for. Yeah. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I used a guide in three times speed. <laughs> the track. I would say that that qualifies as rigmarole, for sure. Now... Nate, did you ever go back and do the battle tower? No, I I wasn't too interested in getting Yuffie's final weapon. I think there was some materia there for um, Hydra. Was that not Hydra, but uh, Leviathan. Leviathan? Yeah, same kind of thing. <laughs> but no, I got I was Leviathan. Just like, I never used it. Leviathan. I loved Leviathan in eight, but I didn't use it once in seven. Not not when I had Bahamut. There was no point in using. Yeah, so I, I kind of just left that whole area alone after that. Cause like the one thing that I wanted to make sure I did this time was not give myself a chance to get sick of playing it, like I'd done in the past with Seven. So like I just did the things that I wanted to do in Seven this time. That's fair. Um, well, then I'll tell you the final boss of that tower is Yuffie's dad. 
and uh, does Yuffie's dad easy. have it going on? He, he he was he fucking laid some work in on me. Like he hit pretty hard. Um, Yuffie's dad has got me down <laughs> bad. Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, other than that, like I'm trying to think of some more little side quest things that I did. Uh, I couldn't find an island that was good to level on like an eight, so that was a bummer. I had to go underwater. Eight had what was it? What were they called? The island close to heaven and island close yeah. to hell. Uh, that's such a cool name. Like the fact that I still remember it all these years later. I love little shit like that. Absolutely, dude. Um, there was the random the Chocobo Sage. You go up and talk to him, and he just looks like this really weird. I don't know how to explain it. He's not a humanoid at all. And he just looks like this weird monster. He's like, yeah, I'm the Chocobo Sage. And you could buy, like, in order to mate a gold Chocobo, like, he sells you the, the nuts and the greens that you need for that. But other, other than that, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, That's like Dalton's side quests. That are right there, nuts and greens. Yeah, you know me, dude. Fucking love me some nuts and greens. <laughs> Collard greens, turnip greens. Boiled peanuts, macadamia nuts. I, I love them all. I could go for some mustard greens right now, honestly. That sounds pretty Dude, good. Dude, take it with a little bit of that pepper vinegar. On that. Mm. Mm. That's some good shit. You people up north just don't know. <laughs> Put a little too much pork in that shit. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. Yes, ham and bacon. Yes, yes. Bacon fat, yeah. Bacon fat. Some. Damn, now you got me hungry. So that basically leads us to the north northern cave. And this is where like I <laughs> I felt bad because I kept talking to the little hooded black hooded folks. Um oh no no, I'm sorry, that was earlier in the game. But still, wh- whenever you're going through that area and all the the hooded figures meeting Sephiroth are there and they keep falling over. Yeah. I I would go up and talk to them and then they would disappear. <laughs> I, was, I was like I felt bad. I was like, "Oh, well I don't want to leave their body here. I guess I'll clean them up." I'm just around talking to all of them, make sure they were all gone. <laughs> They had all moved on. I felt like Yuna. Welcome to the live stream's funniest home videos. <laughs> Doing the the send off, the sending from ten. Oh yeah. Uh, but the North Cave itself, like, it was pretty cool. But like, I swear the monsters there had like the tiniest dick energy in the world. Like, the only thing that made those monsters in that cave slightly threatening to me was the fact they all had instant death moves. Like, if they didn't have that, they would have been nothing. Yeah, I hate instant death moves. It's just cheap. It's um, not a cool or fun mechanic. It's just like, oh, great, now I have to use one of my 99 Phoenix Downs. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't even like when my characters have, like, doom mechanics or the one-hit kill things, unless I always... I, it fucking never works. Exa- yeah, exactly. It's like it always says miss or whatever. But also, I don't know. I On the same vein... I like throwing a phoenix down at an undead enemy every now and then. Like, there's yeah. something satisfying about that. But, um, interestingly enough, Nate, did, did you... I know you had some issues with crashing, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little more. But did you use the save crystal? So, like, in the Northern Cave, it's the first time that you see... You, you get an item, and it's a save crystal. Yeah. And you can use it, and it'll put a save point down. So, I did not use it at all. Does the save point stay where you put it? Yeah. Like, you just continually use it? Yeah, you can just run back and use it wherever you put it down. But like, oh no, you, like once you set it down, it's there. That's what I meant. Like, it's just but a yeah, you can keep safe running back to it because I didn't want to use it and not be able to come back to it, so I just never used it. <laughs> so probably good because, uh, 
you can use the save point anywhere in the northern cave, but be very careful using it as there are a host of glitches and errors that can be caused if you use it in the wrong location that would ruin your entire game. Yikes. It, that blew my mind because I dropped it right where I got it. Like I got it out of the chest and then I dropped it there and saved it. See, I because didn't I was use looking it because like I decided save. when I went into the northern cave that I was done. I was going to beat the game once I went into the northern cave. I think I saved it and went to go like make food and stuff. But uh, so one thing I've been meaning to look up is one of the skill material names that you get, one of the enemy skill materials, and you get it in this dungeon from the dragons. It's called Dragon Force. <laughs> and I'm Herman like, Lee. I wonder, I wonder if that's where they got their name, because like they're huge nerds. Through Faraga and flames we <laughs> carry on. I mean, he does say fire and the flames, but it does sound, sound like fire, uh, <laughs> fire of the flames. Yeah. Carry on. Uh, it's good shit. I like Dragon Force. People shit on those guys, but I like them a lot. My Final Fantasy, the spirits oh where they go on. <laughs> End of the show. Can't top that. We're done. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, no, I, I, it's over. I look up. We're free. Where they got their name from. Um, but yeah, there's a certain point in this where you have to split your party into is it three yeah was it like a party of three a party of three and a party of two yeah i you know i guess technically if you didn't get the extra characters then that would just be two parties of three Mm. okay that that makes sense huh that just hit me now (laughs) but i'm like i never thought about that until this moment not getting the two hidden characters i mean that just seems like something you do yeah that's weird yeah it's like final fantasy six you know there's 16 characters if you don't have all 16 you're screwed up there's 16 characters in final fantasy (laughs) six you just terrified (laughs) dalton (laughs) man i had a hard enough to i don't even have shadow all the time like i got him once and he's fucked off ever since and hasn't come back so he does that he went out for cigarettes and and, and i do have a question for you guys uh about final fantasy six while we're on the subject why the fuck did I go out of my way to get Gal? Because he likes jumping on people. That's funny. Dude, he has not done anything that has impressed me yet. Not one thing. I haven't even barely used him because of it. I've been using uh, Cyan, Edgar, and uh, 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 Sabin. Yeah. I was trying to remember the voices. I gave Edgar a voice like this. I made Cyan a Frenchman for some reason, <laughs> and I... And I would have made Cyan Indigo Indigo Montoya if I were you. <laughs> yeah, that's what Indigo I was thinking Montoya, too. I prepare to die. Uh, My name is Cyan. You kill literally. <laughs> I don't know why I, I made Edgar. You know, like proper proper British. Almost like talking like this. And then I've got like uh, Sabin. Jason Statham. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like Jason this. He's like, all right, right. <laughs> Jason Statham. Jason Saban, you did it! You did it, dude. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm scrolling to see if I could see where Dragon Force's names came from, but yeah, I will say I'm glad I did not use that save point though, because like I had a lot of issues with crashing. Like there were times where Dalton and Willie can attest to this. I would just put a stream of expletives in our group chat because my switch had decided to shit the bed and crash again and causing me to lose 45 minutes to an hour of saves. Like one time I was grinding levels and hadn't saved for a long time. I think I lost like eight levels with cloud during that time period. And I was just 
so furious yeah. at my stupid Switch. Like, it, it crashed about. And this is no fault of Final Fantasy VII. I think I blame the Switch port of Final Fantasy VII. Um, it had to have crashed at least seven times on me. Woo! No That's brutal. And I was always worried that it was going to happen again. I only had the uh, the one crash on PC, and I'm still not sure what the hell caused that. And I'm I'm very interested in like what would cause it to crash on. So I've never heard of anything crashing on Switch. I have no idea. Yeah, it would just strange. get stuck in a loop. Like it would go to a screen. It would like play whatever sound had last played on loop. Like last like three seconds of sound on loop, and just would not move from there. And it was usually at the end of a battle. It was usually victory music. Was it was it one of the situations where you had to restart your Switch completely, or could you just exit out and close? the I game? I closed the game. Oh, okay, so at least. So it no, just hard lock didn't hard lock the system. Just completely locked up the game. Very strange. It's very strange. Um, and 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 just quickly, uh, it looks like Dragon Force uh, basically based their name on the game for Sega Saturn called Dragon Force. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what a bunch oh, of nerds! Okay. <laughs> Wrong thirty-two bit video game, yeah. idiot! Don't you feel stupid now? I do, stupid monkey. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the final battle, gentlemen, like, so Nate, you said that, uh, oh, which one was it that gave you a hard time? Well, actually, I think the funniest part was I went into the first battle with Genova Photosynthesis, whatever. Rebirth? (laughs) It might have been Rebirth. Rebirth? The first fight is a fight against Genova that you fight. And I was so scared going into it because, like, I had switched party members right before going to the fight because, like, I'm going to take them boys to the end of the game. It's going to be... Them it's going to be Cloud, Sid, and Barrett take down Sephiroth. And so I go into the Them first, boys. I leave the screen, and it's like, wait, my materia is still on Yuffie and Tifa. So, like, <laughs> I am shaking in my boots going into this fight. I was like, well, I'm sure I can make it through the first one. Let's just hope things get better from there. Like, I'm, I was real worried about the Sephiroths after that. So I was like, let's go into the fight with Genova. So I beat it with my crappy materia, because thank you, Cloud, for being a gentleman with good materia. <laughs> and I was like, and then the funniest part about this is like, I was expressing all this in the group chat and Dalton was like, good luck, man. I think you got this. You're going to be all right. And I get to the next screen after beating this Genova boss. And it's like, make three parties. And I realized I could put my material on any character at that point. So Dalton just hard trolled me into believing that I was going to have to fight all three Sephiroths with my garbage material. <laughs> I didn't troll you. I was just letting you find out on your own. <laughs> it was like that that Christopher Titus joke where he's talking about he's like, you know, where your son your son's going, he's got like a fork and he's going towards the outlet and your wife goes to stop him and you just go, wait a minute, just wait. Just wait. <laughs> Psst, ah! No, you never do that again now, will you? Like, <laughs> it's like it was one of those situations where I was like, he's gonna be real worried and then it's gonna be that wash of relief. Yeah. I don't want to take that away from you. Yeah, it was that wash of relief. And then the immediate, oh, God, everything still sucks when I was fighting Bizarro Sephiroth. <laughs> because, it, yeah. Because, like, the first couple things, like, you can take out, like, if you have, like, five parts or whatever. And I know it's different depending on a few different things, like, what level you're at, how many party members that you actually have, like, if you've gotten the secret characters or not. But, like, you were able to switch between your parties during the fight. And it just added more pain to it than it needed to. Because, like, I'd accidentally switched parties right before almost defeating him one time. 
and like you know how he heals himself repeatedly so it took me a while to figure out that i just had to basically throw everything at him heal really quick and throw everything at him again before he could fully heal himself so like all in all the the boss the boss gone at the end i think took me about an hour to an hour and a half somewhere in that range and 95 percent of it was bizarro sephiroth man I don't, I don't, I don't remember. Well, I was a lot higher level. Um, Were you max like ninety nine? Everybody, yeah, not everybody. Uh, but my my main three, uh, Tifa, Barrett, and Cloud, were ninety nine, yeah. and everybody else was like high seventies, you know, eighties. Yeah. Um, but I still, I still had issues with his healing himself. You know what I mean? It really got to the point where uh, Knights of the Round and Cloud's Omni Slash and Barrett's limit break really came in like the limit breaks came in handy i was honestly really worried that i was going to run out of summons to take it out because like everything was getting rough i'd finally ended up having to use a mega elixir for the first time ever in that fight man you know what i i remember when i first was like oh man i had like six mega elixirs that's how many i had i think at the end of the game and i was like all right, I'll use one of these to heal Cloud, and then it was like, "Is this is going to heal everyone?" I said, "Oh, that's right." <laughs> and yeah, they they fucking came in handy there at the end for yeah. sure. Team never spend elixirs until you get to the final yep. boss. Present. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because so they, like, they're so handy. Finally, <laughs> so finally that boss goes down, and you just get to go into that. Okay, here's the truth about Final Fantasy VII. I don't think Final Fantasy VII has great music. I don't think it has great sound design. But that moment going from Bizarro Sephiroth to Safer Sephiroth, the final form of Sephiroth, when One Winged Angel kicks in, like that is one of the best music moments in the entire series from a game I don't think had great music or sound design. I, I got goosebumps. Yeah, like that just like... I put that right up there with hearing Libra Fatale in eight. When you first hear that, he knows there's something about choir singing. Mm-hmm. That's just fantastic. Yeah. I mean, this is the first vocal song in the, I mean, you could count the opera song from final fantasy six, which also a lot of people consider a crown jewel in the game's music series music. But this is the first time that they actually had vocal samples in a final fantasy song. And it just, they, they had that restraint that they waited till the very end mm-hmm. to do that. And it was a really cool boss fight. It wasn't anywhere near as long or hard as the Bizarro Sephiroth, in my opinion. And, or my dick. Huh? I said, or my yeah, dick. That, or that, or that. <laughs> <laughs> the the one white angel. angel. The, one, the one-eyed angel. <laughs> oh, that's good, too. And Shit. so, but, like, the build-up to it and the music and everything, it left an atmosphere that was final boss worthy. And I think it didn't overstay its welcome like Bizarro did so that you can fully appreciate everything that safer Sephiroth is. Yeah. Cause that's basically you go into that battle and the game's like, okay, use Omnislash <laughs> and you use Omnislash and he's just toast. Well, no, no, that the one winged angel is that after. after that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. There's something about the combination of like the extremely sinister Latin music that takes like hints from um, 
uh, Stravinsky and stuff like that weird, very jarring sound, and then the absolutely placid expression on uh, Sephiroth. Like he is absolutely calm. He isn't even mad. He's just here to destroy. He's a force of yeah. nature. There's something about that that's such a cool like contrast. They, they call that like was it cold and calculated? Like yeah. he's just yeah. He is he is a murderer. Yeah, and it's so funny because like I feel like that boss fight like. Once you finally win, is like that went down so much faster and smoother than the boss fight before it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, the, although I will say, it, it's, he did turn Sid into a frog. <laughs> did you have any princess kisses I, or whatever? I, I the did fuck have they were called? like three maidens kisses in my inventory. Maidens. So, you know what was funny is when I was playing and I got hit with frog, I was like. I wonder what gets rid of this. And I was looking through the items and I went, Oh, well surely it's gotta be maiden's kiss. <laughs> like just, I has, and it was, and I was like, okay, I would have been mad if it wasn't, <laughs> if it had been like maiden's kiss cures sadness or something. I'd have been like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no caffeine cures. Yeah. You some take some speed. You'll feel better. <laughs> but no dude. Yeah. That, that just, you know me in music and I fucking love one wing angel. Like mm-hmm. even, you know, before we played this, not like not really having any opinions up or down about Final Fantasy VII, other than I figured it was overrated. Not One Winged Angel. That song fucking rules. Yeah. And now being able to see it in context, I see why it's stuck with so many people. Because when that song kicks in, and then you, and obviously I was using mods, so my Sephiroth probably looked a little better. But still, you know, he's just standing there with that long ass Masamune, and he's just like. Mm. I'm here. I'm here to buck shit up and chew bubble gum. And there's no bubble gum in this universe. <laughs> I wanted to talk about the music a little bit more too, though, because you said you think it's one of the weaker installments, and I do generally agree that there's a lot of repeated stuff that doesn't quite work. I also think the light motif from the song Gen- uh, Genova works really well. Oh, thank you, man. Like that's the one that has the, the really yeah. slow plotting. I think there's a few songs that are good. Like, don't get me wrong, good. but overall, in the scheme yeah. of Final Fantasy, like if you're going from Final Fantasy four, Final Fantasy six. It doesn't stack up yeah. to either one of those two games. That's, I will say that the music stands up to me is like you said that theme, Eris theme, and and I do think it has Aeris really good great. standard battle music. Like the regular battle music is really good in seven. Yeah, battle music's good. The boss music sounds a little bit too much like for whom the bell tolls. Um, <laughs> I do think that also it, it, this sucks to say, but this is one of the weaker chocobo themes. Like it's just jocking uh, take five by Brubeck. Like, it literally just uses that beat and plays some Chocobo music over top of it. Like, I much prefer the... Yeah, FFA Surf Rock one was one. so good. I forgot about that until you just brought it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it's got that little wipeout <laughs> at the start of it. Oh, I love the Chocobo song. Like... It's a great... Like, you can just, just do the rhythm of the Chocobo song, just do the rhythm of the melody, and people will be able to identify it without you even humming the actual notes. Like, if you just go, do, 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 do. Do, do. Like, that, that's yeah. that's it. That's a Chocobo song. For sure. And it's been like that ever since, even like back before I got super into 8 uh, on E-Bombs World, that little flash video <laughs> that was just like, Final Fantasy is the Final only Final Fantasy game. is my favorite <laughs> yeah. game. That I will ever play. All of the games are lame. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. I can't believe anyone else So anytime I hear a Chocobo song, I am singing that <laughs> in my head while I'm riding around. <laughs> And it's just, it's wonderful. It's a wave of nostalgia every time. (laughs) 
Yeah. So the only time that. I will say the only time that I got tired of the Chocobo song was in Final Fantasy 14, and that's because you mount your to run around so much, and every time you get on your Chocobo, the music would stop for the thing, and it would start the Chocobo music, and it really got annoying after you know a thousand hours of hearing. <laughs> <laughs> so I. Gonna install a car radio <laughs> on my chocobo so I can listen to the blazer back in town. But there is a uh, a song. There's a, a mount theme in Final Fantasy 14 that I'm gonna send to you guys because talking about good Final Fantasy music, it's it's really quite good. Cool. And one of the things in 15, whenever we get to that, is around the game in different shops they sell st- soundtracks for different Final Fantasy games. Nice. So like, oh. I have the eight soundtrack in my car, so I'm riding around listening to like. Hey, or Balam Garden, dude. There's nothing calmer than just riding down, driving down the road with your buds, and just listening to that. It's just so calm. <laughs> I like that. Uh, the Fisherman's Horizon theme yeah. from FF8. I hope oh yeah, the whole there. soundtrack. It's the whole soundtrack. Just a really chill little finger pick. Yeah, song. it's it's literally like the entire OST. Like you can get for like I think all of the mainline Final Fantasy games and the spinoffs like <laughs> that are just in 15 it's great yeah cool, that's cool. Um, so that's the end of the game you beat Sephiroth and then you get your long ending cutscenes right yeah yeah which I, I like I said it's been a week and a half the only thing that I can remember about the final cutscene is that final image where it shows like a, a Red 13-esque creature because I don't think it was him because it was like 600 years later or something I think it was 60 years pop- late. No, maybe you're right. I don't remember t- how many it was either. But I was like, how does Red- who did Red 13 have kids with? He was the last of his species, correct? How did Red 13 have children? Um, uh, um, nature uh, finds a way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if maybe... That's a good fucking question. Because he definitely... like One of those creatures comes running up with two more little ones. Yeah. And then it does, and the reason I think it's more than 60 years is because it does that pan up of Midgar, and Midgar is covered in forestation. Mm, you're right. Like, it is no longer a city. So then I'm like, hmm, wonder, what, wonder what's going on there. And a uh, couple, uh, couple of things that I had marked down here. Um, where are my notes? Oh, okay. So there's an Easter egg in Final Fantasy X. Um, that has to do with Final Fantasy VII. So I think it, I think it might be in Ten Two. It's in one of those though, um, but I believe it's in Ten Two. You towards the end of the game, you're on an Albed like the airship thing, and you talk to one of these kids, and he says that he's looking into studying this thing called the life force and how it's like the power of the the planet itself, and how one day they're hoping to be able to harness this life force and use it to power cities and things like that, and the girls are like, oh, that sounds really cool, man. That would be a really cool thing and everything. And then they're like, what's your name? And he's like, my name's Shinra. So it's like, oh, okay, so this kid's probably the one that went on and started Shinra, which then becomes what it is in 7. Yeah, and I think I heard that somewhere that that was almost like confirmed to be kind of the case for like an article with one of the directors of one of the Final Fantasy games. I don't know how true that is because I don't want to say that it's definitely true, but... I think that's almost yeah. canon at this point. It would kind of make sense for 7 and 10 to be connected too, because both of them are like games that have a strong theme about like the afterlife in nature. Yeah. You know? Um, I have a question for you two, because this is going to highly, de- what I'm about, like what I want to bring up is going to highly depend on whether you two have any interest in this. Do you, either of you have any interest in playing Final Fantasy 7 Remake? 
I have a lot more interest than I did two weeks, three, four weeks ago. Okay, then I won't talk about what I was going to bring up. But um, there's some interesting shit that happens in that that, like, I'll just say, like, flips a coin in a sense. Um, And because I was watching Outside Xbox and they were like, beware spoilers for the following games. And one of them was Final Fantasy VII Remake. And once they started talking about it, I was so intrigued by what they were talking about that I just let the spoiler happen. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, Whoa. And it didn't make me want to play the game any less. You know what I mean? Now I'm like, I want to see how it happens, but I'm just very much like, I color me intrigued as to this next game that's coming out. Gotcha. Uh, Two hours into the game, Jesse kills Sephiroth. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Um, so thoughts, feelings, any final things before we give this game like a rating and all of that jizzazz? Uh- <laughs> anything but that no i think i'm good to dive into ratings man all right um willie if you want to rate this first because i know like from your memories back in the day and what you feel like you took away from our conversation i'm good i I, I give it a i give it a holy materia out of huge materia that's fair that's fair that's fair uh nate what about you man yeah surprisingly not a four out of ten uh (laughs) No, I really enjoyed playing the game this time. I got a lot out of it. I really enjoyed the story and the characters all had a way more personality than I would have ever remembered them having had not playing it again. Um, going through the way I did and just concentrating on doing the things I wanted to do instead of trying to go full completion on it in the year 2022 felt really good as well. Um, the one thing that, like I said, it's really great. It has a lot of good points to it. I do think that by Final Fantasy standards, the sound design and music isn't fantastic other than your hits here and there. Um, all in all, I think this game really held up way better than I expected it to, and I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. I I concur. Um, I, I did not think that I was going to go in liking this as much as I did, thinking, you know, for assuming all those years that, like, oh, man, 7's fucking overrated, like... Emmett and his brother wouldn't shut the fuck up about it when I was younger. The internet won't shut the fuck up about it. Oh, God. I Fuck fuck Final Fantasy VII is what I felt like for a while. You know what I mean? And and now sitting down and playing it, like I can see why this was such a big deal when it released. Yeah. Um, it may not... It still may not be my favorite Final Fantasy game. But I respect this game and I'm glad it exists because... Yeah, I'm sure if Final Fantasy VII would have bombed, we'd have never gotten 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, so on and so forth. You yeah, know? I really feel like um, it was at a make or break time for the series because it was the transition to fully 3D. And if it had done poorly, who knows if we would have continued the series. So yeah, so I, I am also going to give it an 8.5. I give it a 8.5 materia out of 10 Tifa's boobies. <laughs> so you have 10 of those now. Wow. Yeah, a bunch of they are a ten. Yes, they. <laughs> and isn't, isn't it a little frustrating when something does turn out to be about as yeah. good as, as it is? Like you, you, you feel like you look about as mad as I did the first time I listened to OK Computer, and I'm like, shit, this album actually does roll, and I should have listened to it 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's just it was very surprising to me. Um, but I'm, I'm, but it's also like a happy, yeah. a happy surprise that we didn't hate life last month to get through it. True that. <laughs> Yeah. 
I feel like if this game sucked, it would have almost been funnier to suffer through. Nate would have been, like, just constantly shitting on it every time we look at the messages. Like, we would have found fun, but I'm glad that we didn't have to find it. I'm glad that the fun yeah. was actually in the video game. For sure. And uh, to, to wrap us up here, I have a, a little a little list that we're going to run through. And it, it, because it has to do with Final Fantasy and Seven in a way, the 10 Final Fantasy side characters with more interesting backstories than Sephiroth. <laughs> All right. Now, these have quick descriptions for each of them, so this should run relatively quickly. Number 10 is from Final Fantasy 15, and it's Cindy Aram. Now, Cindy is a happy-go-lucky mechanic that Noctis and company meet on their first mission outside of Insomnia. She's the granddaughter of Sid, Sophiar, Sophiar, whatever his name is, uh, owner of the Hammerhead service station, and although she's an orphan working in a daemon overrun wasteland, she's endlessly upbeat. And might I say, she's also not bad to look at. <laughs> um, Cindy's parents were killed by daemons while they drove at night, and as Sid explains to Noctis, and Cindy later tells a story of seeing a car being overrun by daemons at age six, and she'll never forget it. She doesn't confirm it, but the rare emotion in her voice during that scene makes it seem like Cindy was recounting witnessing her parents' death. Number nine, Final Fantasy Seven. Number, Number nine. nine. Number nine. Shira. Yeah, Shira rule, dude. Shira. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Shira is the partner of pilot Sid Highwind and an engineer on Shinra number 26 rocket. When Sid discovered that she was still in the engine room checking a faulty oxygen tank, he was forced to abort the launch or risk burning her up. As a result, the Shinra space program was canceled, destroying his dreams of traveling to space. Um, but Shira's story is one of those original Final Fantasy VII moments that has proven controversial with fans. She is endlessly berated by Sid for having ruined his dreams with her, pes- with her pesky insistence on existing and doing her job properly. Uh, Shira should have up and left him, but she's later confirmed as his wife in Final Fantasy VII follow-up game Dirge of Cerberus. Uh, Shira deserves better, and is quietly tragic character in this game. Yeah, and That's the fact that she like her um, worries were proven correct when you finally did get into space, and she tagged along with you, and the thing exploded. <laughs> yeah, and almost kills. Sid. Yeah, so she was right the whole time as well. Um, number number eight. From Final Fantasy VIII, Julia Hartley. Oh, that, that right now. Uh, I believe so because it's the the chick, the singer that Laguna falls in love with. The singer, that's right. It's implied. I don't think it ever says it, but the name is. Yeah, it, it always like came out to me that I feel like that Laguna and her were Renoa's parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's the Final Fantasy VIII. Julia Hartley is a pianist and singer, and the mother and the mother of Renoa Hartley. There you go. Oh, well, <laughs> Ren- okay. Wait, then what's General Carraway? Isn't he also Renoa's dad? Oh, you know what? You're right. Then maybe maybe it was a thing where the general moved in after Laguna, quote unquote, died. Oh, maybe. Because then, cause then he ended up sense. in the uh, the little town and he f- f- ended up with yeah. Uh, Rain. Yeah, that's right. Um, anyway, she, she appears as the object of Laguna Lori's. Is it Lori? I always said Lori. I think it's Lar. 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 Laguna. Laguna Loa's affection uh, when he visits the Galabanian Hotel bar to watch her play. Although Julia and Laguna express their mutual feelings for one another, he's called away to war before their relationship fully develops. I guess we should have just read on. Really. <laughs> <laughs> she says she will wait for him, but sadly, Julia never sees Laguna again. She marries General Caraway of the Galabanian Army and gives birth to Renoa. <laughs> Good job, squad. Um, <laughs> 
Welcome to Dalton and Lily remember things that are about to be said. And Julia never gets to see her daughter grow up, though, tragically dying in a car accident when Renoa was just five. Um, number seven is from Final Fantasy X, and it's Chapu, which was, I think, is the dead brother of Waka. Uh, Chapu is Waka's oh. younger brother, and he only appears briefly in Final Fantasy X and X2. Uh, upbeat young man de- dedicated to fighting sin using forbidden machina. Although Ten Two, Waka, and Lulu were married and expecting a child, Lulu was originally Chapu's fiance. Uh, Isn't that why uh, Waka is like so anti machina? I believe so. It's because it killed his brother. Uh, Damn, these games had stories. <laughs> wow. He's about people like he joined for the that. right. Huh. Uh, he joined the Crusaders to protect Lulu, but ended up dying tragically young, killed by sin during Operation Mihen. Uh, he leaves behind a video sphere. Um, which people familiar with Ten will know what that is, uh, pleading with Waka to stop berating him and asking him to just be his brother. A sphere that only Waka, or a sphere that Waka only finds after Chapu's death. Um, number six, one that I completely agree with, and I think that he should be higher on this damn list, is from Final Fantasy XII, and it is Balthier. So, this cocky, well-dressed sky pirate is fond of proclaiming his status as Final Fantasy XII's leading man. Balthier's real identity is Arcadian noble named... Uh, Famran Mid Bunansa. <laughs> Easy for you to say. Yeah. Uh, Famran is a son of. <laughs> yeah, family run bonanza. Let's go. <laughs> Famran is the son of Sidolphus Demon Bunansa, aka Dr. Sid, the Arcadian Empire's resident scientific genius. Uh, as Famran, he was such an asset to the Arcadian army that he was promoted to the high ranking army status of judge at the tender age of 16. Uh, as Dr. Sid began to use his power in unethical ways, however, Balthier eventually cut off all ties with his father and deserted the army, opting to live as an outlaw with a bounty on his head. That's why I call him the uh, Han Solo of that game. Uh, he never reconciles with his estranged father and is eventually forced to kill his father. So, Getting some uh, Setzer vibes off of that. Setzer? From oh, oh I just met that guy. He's the guy with the, the, with the, the ship, right? Yeah, I just met yeah, that yeah. guy. He's also kind of a larger-than-life, braggadocious airship yep, related. absolutely. <laughs> uh, the next one, I feel like this might should be number one, so I'm really, really interested to see what number one is. Number five is from Final Fantasy IX, and it's Vivi. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. That's what I thought was going to be number one all along, actually. Uh, Vivi is one of the most beloved characters in all of Final Fantasy. Vivi starts off in Final Fantasy IX with low self-confidence and his abilities as a mage, but along his journey through the game, he discovers his hidden inner strength. Vivi begins life as a prototype of a manufactured black mage doll. While being transported to Alexandria for use in Queen Bronze Army, he falls out of a cargo ship. Vivi is then discovered by a coup named Quan, uh, who takes him under his wing. Little does Vivi know that Quan is actually raising him to be eaten, only abandoning that plan when Vivi refuses to grow any bigger. Even the care of his dubious quote-unquote grandpa is lost when Quan dies, leaving Vivi to fend for himself. I loved Vivi. I mean, I feel like the adoptive big brother relationship Zidane has with him is one of the funny, the most fun dynamics in games. And I also love the mechanical relationship he has with Steiner, where they have mm-hmm. like the sword enchantments, yeah. you know? Like Vivi really. And, and correct me work. if I'm wrong, doesn't Steiner end up becoming really protective of Vivi? Steiner's really protective of everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's really. I love Steiner. I love yeah, from what I've played of Nine, I think I played like some of the first disc like Steiner cracked oh, he's in. the best they all love Steiner <laughs> he, he's a himbo he, he's a dumbass with a heart of gold a himbo that's fantastic <laughs> uh, number four from Final Fantasy 15 Prompto Argentum 
or Argentum. I don't know. I guess that would be. Uh, Prompto is one of Noxus's guards and companions. That's a final. That's a, that's a Harry <laughs> spell right there, man. Prompto Argentum. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, he joins on the group's quest-filled road trip across Eos. Uh, he was originally a clone of an Imperial Magitech engineer created to be a part of an army of clones used in the war against Lucas. However, he was kidnapped as a baby and raised by the Lucian family. He has a barcode tattooed on his wrist as proof of his clone status, which he covers with a leather wristband. Uh, Prompto expresses to Noxus that he feels inferior to the rest of the group due to his history. This heartbreaking part of the revelation is that when co- comes after Noctis himself, mistakenly believing he's pursuing an enemy, attacks, belittles, and nearly kills Prompto, feeding into his inferiority complex. <laughs> Number three from Final Fantasy VIII, Rain Lori. <laughs> Rain is Laguna Lori's wife and second love interest. They covered all of our bases in this list. As well as the mother of Squall Lionheart or Leonhart. What? I don't remember that. So that's what Wait, I was thinking on. the whole time sure? was that Laguna was Squall's dad. Oh damn it! I, think I need to play yeah, eight again. That's Steam Machine replays <laughs> coming up. Of eight, uh, she meets Laguna when the latter is transported to her village of Windhill after being injured in the Sorceress War. She nurses him back to health, and the two fall in love. Rain becomes pregnant with Squall, but before, before she can tell Laguna, their adopted daughter Elone is kidnapped. Laguna goes after her, and while he's away, Rain dies. Both Elone and Squall are sent to be raised in an orphanage, <clears throat> and Laguna returns to Windhill only to visit uh, Rain's grave. Squall never explicitly acknowledges Rain as his mother in the game, a tragically missed opportunity for both of them. Hashtag Final Fantasy VIII Remake Win. <laughs> Damn it. Damn, there's a lot of story in this game. Uh, number two, Final Fantasy X-2, uh, Lene and Shuyin. Uh, Lene and Shugen both lived in Xanarkand a thousand years before the engrossing beginning events of Final Fantasy X. During the Machina... Oh, is that the one that looks like Titus? Uh, from the screenshot, it absolutely looks like Titus and Yuna standing there, yeah. Um, it's like they're... During yeah. the Machina War that led to the destruction of Xanarkand by Bavel, uh, Lena was a popular singer and summoner, and Shugen was her lover. As Xanarkand started to fall, all summoners were called to the front lines, including Lena. Uh, in a desperate attempt to save his lover, Shu Yin snuck into the tunnels beneath Bavel and activated their ultimate weapon, Vagnagun. Yeah. Uh, before he could use it, Lina appeared in front of him to stop him. Knowing Venagun could not be controlled, the two lovers embraced as Bavel's soldiers finally caught up to them, opened fire, and killed them both. That's fucking heartbreaking. <laughs> so, before we get to number one, you guys want to take any guesses at who would have the most interesting the side character that has the most interesting backstory Tella because like if you're going to include Vivi on this list I feel like Tella from 4 would also stand a chance of being on this list okay um maybe Marlene like what is she up to when you're not around her you know well I'll, I'll say that Willie Willie is closer because number one is Dine from Final Fantasy 7 uh, okay. Dine is the ever entertaining Barrett's Barrett Wallace's best friend. Barrett's last name is Wallace. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Uh, best friend from Coral and Marlene's father. Uh, when the Shinra Company comes to, they all got last names. Quiz <laughs> me, baby. I got it. Vincent Valentine, Yuffie Kisaragi, uh, Cloud Lockhart. Strife, Tifa <laughs> Lockhart, Red Thirteen, <laughs> Kate Sith, Kaishi. <laughs> Kai, uh, Kai, Kai yeah, whatever. Um, Barrett Wallace. Uh, is there anyone else? You did. Leaving out. Did I say Vincent? You Vincent? didn't say Cloud. What's his last name? 
Earth Game Gainsboro, <laughs> Florida. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we talked about dying some in the last episode, yeah. but you know, he uh, that could be a cool thing to get fleshed out is the story between Barrett and Dine. Surprised that they didn't make that into like a mobile game that you could pay ten thousand dollars for <laughs> and gotcha. Zach Fair, Sephiroth Hojo. Sephiroth Hojo. Oh my goodness. Well, gentlemen, that about does it. Uh, that means that uh, we're going to get into the house cleaning. But before we do that, we have some fan questions. And the next pick is yours, Sir Nate. So which one would you like to do first? Would you like to do the fan questions? Or would you like to, to give your pick? Why don't we run through these fan questions real quick. Starting out, we have a fan letter, well, fan question from our dear friend Adam. Adam asks, Cloud or Zach? Oh, so... I've never played, uh, I've never played Crisis Core, but in a game, if I have a choice between two characters and they look relatively similar, but one of them is more buff and has black hair <laughs> and not blonde hair, I'm gonna pick them. I don't know why it's the goth in me. I'm going the black hair, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Zach. I'm gonna pick. But the goth. I'm gonna pick Cloud Cloud because he is Super Saiyan Zach. <laughs> oh. Got him. <coughs> That's fair. I'm not going to vote, so it's tie. All right. Oh, well, question two tremendous. comes in from Wolfbetter. Tifa or Aerith, who's the best girl to you? Tifa. I'm not into necrophilia. Damn. But you got a, oh, you got a stat Why? <laughs> I'm also going Tifa just because of her personality and... I'm gonna buck the trend. I, I do love the childhood friend thing. That was really cool, and I do appreciate that. But I don't know, Aerith. I just enjoyed her. She seemed really pleasant and fun and positive. What? No love for Yuffie? Around. Maybe that maybe yeah, too no much kidding. energy on Yuffie. But also Tifa. Prob Tifa probably could have said something and got the <laughs> plot moving along true. a little earlier. <laughs> Yuffie would tell you she's into kinky shit. She would tie you to the bed and rob you. <laughs> That's absolutely true. <laughs> I'm starting to I'm starting to see team you actually. I, I respect the hustle. I, I picture you laying hustle. there, and Barrett coming in and being like, just a bunch of characters. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> cloud. God damn it! You're no, you're you're just laying there at all the dudes from the honeybee controlling him. Oh man! All right, this one is from Brian four one four. Does anyone else's backlog give them crippling anxiety when they are picking out a game to pick up and play? Yes. <laughs> that is just the answer to the very, question. Yes. That's like, <laughs> that is the premise of this show. Yeah, very much so. That is exactly the premise of this show. Because <laughs> it was like, I don't know what to pick. My, my, my backlog is nowhere near as big as Dalton's. And I, I still struggle every time I look at it. I'm like, I struggle coming up with a host pick because I have so many games that I could choose from. Yeah. yeah it's, right? I, I very much like will use the randomizer that I use to set up the fan pool to pick something for me to randomly just try. Like, especially now, because like, I'll, I'll be looking through Steam and be like, man, nothing really looks good here. And then I'll be like, oh yeah, I can look through Epic and GOG too. So then I go and look at it and I just get paralyzed with more choices. <laughs> There's so many in there. I just like, okay, looks like I'm playing Doom. Later. I do I do like that uh, on Steam in your little homepage or whatever, 
you can set up your little bars and stuff and i have them like a couple of them set up like uh rpgs rated by their metacritic score and things like that but the one that i have is just play next and it's just steam recommending something in your library for you to play next and i'll look at that list and be like no <laughs> uh, like sometimes oh, let me tell you something since since they made that a thing there has been one game that's been on there every time i look at it and that is fable anniversary mm. my steam is like dude fucking play fable <laughs> dude mine's been the exact same way with crypt of the necrodancer it's like you own this game buddy why don't you play it i, know I bought that it. game specifically because i read that on pc you can put in your own music and I was like, I want to play Crypt of the Necker Dancer with my music in it. Nice. I think that would be fun. So I might have That's to do that sick, sometime. Yeah. Psycho yeah. Which, speaking of, I'm going to know more about this later this week. Uh, actually, as this comes out on Thursday, this will be out. So come join our Discord and check it out. But one of my songs is getting featured in a game. Uh, a buddy of mine named Tom. Um, you've heard me talk about Coda Pill. Uh, he, he is Coda Pill. Um, yeah. Which I would actually like to do some of his games uh for the show sometime soon because they're relatively short and they're one's free and one's two dollars so but anyway this new game that he's got coming out which we could add to the list was a game jam game that he did and uh my my song um got the uh honor of being the final boss theme so i really look forward to uh checking that out because like i'm gonna get goosebumps i'm sitting there and hear my shit come on when i'm like going into a fight like that's awesome but yeah, anyways, um, to answer the question, like Nate said, the answer to this question is easily yes. <laughs> All right. So we have another one from Brian414. Were there any rumors you believed about Final Fantasy VII as a kid playing this back in the day without being able to look it up online? Yes. <laughs> so I remember when I was in, I guess it had to be middle school or somewhere around there. Uh, Sounds right. Yeah, so Adam, my best friend at the time weird, came over and convinced me that if you collected 35 of the 135th, that number might be wrong, soldiers from the Gold Saucer and did something else with it, I can't remember, you could unlock Sephiroth as a playable character in your party. So it took a very long time to get all 35 of those 135th soldiers and then nothing happened. <laughs> Oh, I can make the story worse because I remember one detail you've left out. So if you remember the description of 135th Soldier, it says that it is a 135th model of a soldier, collect yeah. all 12. So first he told us to get 12. We picked up 12, nothing happened, and we kept yeah, going right. for 35. Ouch. So there's him. reasons I hate the gold saucer. Trauma revisited. Yeah, that uh, that explains a little more. That you know that fills in the back the details a little. Um, being that I didn't have Final Fantasy VII as a kid, I don't have one for this question. But I will give you something that I did have, and that was the if you put in this code, Lara Croft will be naked in Tomb Raider Two. <laughs> and Classic. all that code did was blow you the fuck up. <laughs> nice. Just exploded Lara into a bunch of pieces, and yeah, so. That's one of those late 90s rumors. It's up there with the Triforce and Ocarina of Time, play as Luigi in Mario 64, yeah. the Mew underneath the truck behind the SSN in Pokemon. Like, absolutely legendary playground river shit. All right. Word up. One final question from our good friend over at Yabs Pod, the one, the only, Jeremy. 
Who is your least favorite Final Fantasy character? I feel like the easy answer is Kate Sith. <laughs> right? Um, I'm really leaning towards Gao, though. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know if I just haven't gotten his full potential yet or what. But woo! Yeah, I, I can see Kate Sith. I can see why you don't like Gao. But honestly, back in 4, there were a couple characters I did, really didn't like. I didn't care for Palum and Porum at all. Like, they were like these twins with magical powers that kind of complemented each other, but they were just kind of little shits that I didn't like having around. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Willie? Um, shoot. Um, I'm blanking on the name. Hold on. Um, Do you know what? Norg. Norg from Final Fantasy VIII. What the hell was that all about? Like, this guy real, runs a coup and takes over half of Balam Garden, and no one's ever heard of him before now. Yeah. Unless we're going with playable characters, in which case I have no idea. Uh, uh, I, was <laughs> I guess I can also go with Edward, who, despite giving us the use yeah, Bart suck. moment, sucks ass and spends a lot of the game creeping on Rydia, who is But a she child. went to the time machine and aged ten years in four days. Yeah, now she's a yeah, dragon. No, it's bad. Whatever. I, I don't agree. care. <laughs> Get your lolly shit out of here. Uh, Fuck off. Get absolutely. Um, the uh, the thing with Norg that I remember is like, was like the garden was financially in troubles, and he was like a rich, weird alien creature thing that Sid brought in. So they just like stuck him underneath, and he funded the garden. But they like would do things for his benefit and uh, there was a whole bunch of shit that needs to be fleshed out in a hashtag Final Fantasy 8 remake <laughs> I mean I'll probably be 60 by the time they decide to do that one because they gotta do 9 and then they gotta do 6 and everybody hates it and then they do another one yep. of 6 yep <laughs> well I think that about wraps it up fellas Dalton you wanna drive yeah. us into the house cleaning yes yeah, sir let me pull out the broom if you would like to join the disc, wait, where's my, uh, okay, there you go, okay, sorry, I, I lost my link there for a second, alright, <laughs> if you enjoyed the show and you would like to come join, I would really oh, like wait, you to join wait, our wait. Discord. we almost forgot to do something, oh. my host pick for next week. Oh, yes, oh Jesus, oh, yeah. yeah, what's your uh, what's your host pick? <laughs> so, our next game on the books is going to be Neon Abyss, so get ready for some fun action roguelite side-scrolling shooter times. I was about to ask what the hell Neon Abyss is, but you just summed it up. Okay. Word up. Uh, it's got the word Neon in it, so I'm down. Did you pick that because Neon White no, is really popular No, it's just because right it's now, one that's always popped people? up for me. Like, Steam has recommended it to me a million times, and I've gotten it. We got it all got it on Epic for free, and I was like, you know, this is one I've actually wanted to play, and so I feel like now's a good time to do it because, like, I kind of want a game where... I can pump hours into it when I feel like it and don't feel like having a big story mode to have to go and finish while at the same time being able to go back and play some other games I'm playing like Arkham City and get back into Trails in the Sky. Hell yeah. yeah. That's what's up, dude. So Neon Abyss will be our next episode. And then, okay, so now pull the broom back out. Um, if you'd like to join our Discord, which... Uh, we would really like for you to do. We have a cool ass community in there. Everybody's super chill. Um, bit the- Lots of people joining this last month. I really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, it's been nice, man. Like, and, and it's always cool when like somebody joins and I see them and I'm like, I don't recognize them. Do you guys recognize them? Y'all don't recognize them either? Woo! Somebody that's not one of our friends joined. <laughs> Woo! Now, now they can become our friend. Um, 
But yeah, bit.ly slash TSMP Discord, all capital letters. Um, if you want to check out our website, which is like all of our lists, uh, all of our lists, well, Jesus Christ, listen to me, all, all of our episodes and um, the links to the stuff that I'm telling you about right now, plus the stuff that Nate will fill you in on here in a minute, uh, it's bit.ly slash the Steam Machine Podcast, capitalized phonetically. Um, if you enjoy the show and you'd like to donate, which we would very much appreciate, um, you can go to patreon.com slash the steam machine podcast. And I would like to give a special shout out to our patrons who donate at least $10 or more a month. And that would be Nate Sir Cogsworth, the seventh of Juniper, Jeff, the original expendable, Mr. Syllables, old Jeffy lube, the questionnaire himself, old Jeff, <laughs> uh, Arisa Adam, shout out to his podcast, revival and extinction, James, the steam machine hall monitor hall, and new Team Retrogue. Go check out his YouTube channel of the hey. same name. Yeah, he reviews a lot of uh, like uh, retro console, like handheld portables that are used to play retro games and stuff. He's got some good stuff on uh, the analog pocket and some more consoles like that. And yeah, and he movie. also just did a review of the uh, Steam Deck, I believe. So definitely go check him out. Um, it's nice. Team Retrogue, R E T R O G U E just in case uh yeah you know you, you try to spell that and it doesn't come up because i don't always speak at the clearest when i'm editing i hear that <laughs> so i apologize for that anyway um also uh he joined in at the 20 dollar tier which is um the tier that if you join in at 20 dollars, you can choose a game and we will move it up the ranks and play it with you um so he chose kingdoms of amalur so some sometime after spooky season I've already hashed this out with him. Sometime after spooky season, once we get through that, uh, we'll be diving into Kingdoms of Amalur, and he's going to come join us for oh, the yeah. show. So that that's a fantasy role playing game that was written by R. A. Salvatore and uh, drawn by Todd McFarlane. Yep. Uh, Todd right? McFarlane did enemy designs and things like that, I believe, um, and the art style. And let me tell you, like, it's a very colorful game. A lot of colors going on. It's fucking. It's fun. Um, let's see what else. Shout out to Yazpod, yet another BS podcast um, that I do with Jeremy every week. We kind of just bullshit. Uh, this week, if you haven't already listened to it, you are in for a doozy of an episode 22 It went long. <laughs> um, shout out to the JRPG Report, which is a weekly JRPG news show that I am the host of. And also shout out to General Gaming News with General Gamer, which is a regular gaming news show that I am also the host of, um, which is doing all right. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if it sticks around. Um, but I'm having fun with it so far. So as long as I still have fun with it, I'll keep doing it. But um, you want a shirt? TSMPproductions.threadless.com. Uh, gonna put some new designs up there. Um, and I was talking to Jeremy about some of the fucking crazy Yabspod pictures that he does with our faces, making those into shirts and putting them up there because that pretty much encompasses all the shows on that Threadless thing. So keep an eye out there. Uh, and I have too many plugs, so this is the last one, <laughs> I promise. NileTheNightmare.bandcamp.com. Check my music out and leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. That really helps us in the algorithm. Nate, your turn, <laughs> sir. That's right. So I actually streamed again. <laughs> so come join me on Twitch, Twitter, and TikTok at TurtleBearMan. Keep it short and sweet for you. See you there. I winked at the camera like you guys could see it listening. <laughs> Willie, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, no, just kind of wanted to catch up, say, you know, uh, 
been on my new medication for a couple of weeks. I had some tough side effects the first couple of days, but it seems to be going better. That's why I didn't uh, end up playing the game for the show this week, and I was going to take off, is I was struggling with side effects at first. I didn't have a lot of hours for the game, but things are going really good, and I'm really happy about it. So, um, I don't know. Y'all just take care of your health. Stay hydrated. Get some sleep. Aye, for sure. For sure. Um, I 100% agree with that, and so does Jeremy, by the way. He actually he mentioned that on Yavspot this week, that he is very proud of you for seeking uh, help, and, you know, because J- Jeremy had to do that recently, too. Thank so, you. Thank you. I've had a couple of people reach out to me privately, and I also really appreciate that, so thank you very yeah. much for that. Uh, well, I think that about does it, man. Um, that means in two weeks, we'll be back with some Neon Abyss. Um, man, Sorry, my brain just thought of Abyss from TNA, but in an all neon outfit, and like I need that in my life. So somebody's going to the WWE 2K character creator after this right now. But uh, for the Destructo Bros, I am Dalton, and until next time, guys. Did Sephiroth do this? Yes, you die.